Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Darry here. Dustin Frazier. So I love how the people out there are like, hey, Connie's going to run for president. That means we can get Trump out. Y'all realize that gives us a Kardashian in the White House, right? Well, I've seen worse. I'm just saying, you want the you want the Oval Office smelling like Ray J? Come on now, people. Well, you got to ask yourself, was Kanye West ever president on The Simpsons? It's <laughs> a good question. That should be our uh, <laughs> that should be our quality check right there. <laughs> right? Did it happen on The Simpsons? It happened on The Simpsons then. Then I'll, I'll take it. Should I write that one down? Thing. Did it happen on The Simpsons? <laughs> oh God! Write it down. Yep. Fuck it. So tonight we're going to be talking about, of course, the world in wrestling, but there's a lot of things that have been going on in regards to updates to people's health, people allegedly, apparently retiring, indie wrestlers and free agents going to other feds, tough decisions being made, angry people, as always. Let's not forget about that. And even an update on that really crappy uh, WWE game. What was that thing called? Uh, WWE, I don't know, bowel movement, something? Huh? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, 2K. <laughs> I, don't know. I heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> Are you getting that? <laughs> no. What's up, Black? This is Alistair Block is on here. Is he different from Alistair Black? Like, is that the Minecraft version of Alistair Black? Oh my god, wouldn't that be great? No. <laughs> and thank you for the whole say man. Thank you for the host. I don't have our notifications on yet. I now do. Just because we just got here. Ah, incredible. So, you know, we already started talking about that. So let's go straight into that. The uh, WWE Battlegrounds. That's what it was. WWE oh, that's Battlegrounds what it's called. Okay. is uh, coming out, I believe, this fall. Of 2020 so you're gonna get your wrestling fix with this game and for anyone that wasn't there for that episode let me see if i can refresh your memory <laughs> don't laugh so. <laughs> oh god I, I gotta refresh my memory on this one too <laughs> we gotta experience it all over again right yeah fucking battlegrounds bear with me i got it somewhere here it's an older one because it wasn't this is our first time running it here there we go okay enjoy not easier the second time it isn't god i forgot a lot of that for some reason all i remember was an alligator yes that's the only thing i would need to remember in freaking like ultra instinct charlotte oh man oh why is charlotte why are they built like characters on kids next door i don't understand i don't know what's going on there oh they should make a that game that you were promoting a while back, they make a Gang Beats version of, of WWE. You know, I mean, one of the levels in that game is a wrestling ring, so 
Yeah. <laughs> this week on NXT, the girls were wrestling like they were gang beats models. Right? <laughs> Everybody seemed to be flopping about. Dude, this all they were missing, all they, I'm telling you, all they, I watched it back today. All they were missing was the sound effects. What's up, Ashley? We're doing good. How are you doing over there? You're making it. Glad you made it to the main show. The bread and butter, if you will. Sugar. Sugar. Notice we did butter and sugar with A's. <laughs> butter and sugar. Oh, God. All right. So we have, I don't know what they're doing. They're teasing new stuff for this game, apparently, is what's happening here. I haven't looked at the new stuff personally, so I don't know what it is. Oh, God. I guess they're just showing us more of the game. What is this? Oh, this is Becky oh. Lynch. That's how Becky Lynch is going to look. Great. Oh, it's just a little five-second clips. Get ready to take on the man. This, uh, I don't know how to feel right now. What is it for? What what platform is this for again? I think it's supposed to be for the main ones, Xbox, PS4. Switch. Oh, this this looks like something that should be exclusive to the Switch. DS also, right? N64. And there you go. Engage. GameCube. Like, yo, this, how, yo, this was fit right here on the GameCube. Dreamcast. How low do I have to go before I feel like it, it won't be able to run it? I'm trying here. Dreamcast, PlayStation 1. The Virtual Boy. Good God. I'd have to like go. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Listen, I'm not a graphics snob. You guys know that. Anyone who watches my stream knows that. But let, let's be real here. Even if they're going for a simplistic, cartoony look, does it have to be this ugly? Like, let's be real. That's ugliness. That's not trying to be charming. Scott Pilgrim was trying to be charming. This shit is ugly. I don't know if you've seen um, played of the game. It's a free game, Brawlhalla. The stuff on Brawlhalla looks better than this. That's hand-drawn, too, right? Those are sprites and pixels and shit. Yeah. This is a, this and they have this, this this stuff is. on Brawlhalla. Brawlhalla, Becky Lynch looks better than Battlegrounds Becky Lynch. Why from is the, that a thing? From the thumbnails, I thought that they just put toys to the camera, which wouldn't even be bad if, if they moved like it. It still won't probably still won't be on Switch, right? Man, <laughs> that would be disappointing if this isn't on the Switch. <laughs> that right. tells you something right there, boys and girls. You got look. I think we got a big show screenshot here. Is that what this is? Oh That's no, I'm scared of what he looks like. He looks like himself. Is this really it? That can't really be him, right? How come he looks just like he looks proper? Is oh, everyone else gonna look weird and he's gonna look normal? That'll make him huge. <laughs> look at that big show. Isn't he normal looking, or am I or am I crazy? He looks unusually normal. He, he looks like <laughs> if somebody just shrunk down. Like a big they show. didn't try to do anything with him. They're like, let's just put him in the way he is. Mm-hmm. The beard looks accurate. Like he's not small or nothing. <laughs> all right what else said, fuck it lower the graphics engine on him and we'll... yeah right just add some color to him turn up the saturation right make him shiny oh look at that okay the fiend one looks good the fiend one looks pretty good that. yeah but still though like alligators that's what we're doing now that's... oh okay now it's getting weird all right what is it, the Undertaker doing the big boots? Yeah, with the hat still on. <laughs> with the hat. Well, That's I, the part I didn't think about that. The hat's just perfectly Will, will the hat still be on his head for the whole gameplay? It better fucking not be. Like, if it is, oh. Is it one of those kind of games? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright. It's gonna be like an old fucking Smackdown shut your mouth when you play this NWO Shawn Michaels and he just wore the NWO costume the whole time. Oh. Some people definitely work <laughs> Where's his neck? <laughs> We're just, hooking up something. It better be a neck. That's all I know. Because they're just trying to have a good time out here. Oh my god! I mean, but there's a line like also loyalty, respect. That's pretty much what I thought a scene in this game would look like. They showed him in the main trailer anyway, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> George said the game was a gigantic gif. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I'm just not, you know what it is? I'm just not in the mood for shit to look silly nowadays. You know what? We go through that in our culture. You, like, you get like different eras of, of like things. Like you had your disco era, your 80s and your 90s and your 70s, like the way the tone of things are. Yeah. I just don't feel like in the society that we're in today, you know what I mean? I don't feel like the COVID generation wants bouncy, bubbly, happy, cartoony ice cream characters. Right. You know, I'm not in the mood for some happy shit like this. Some, I don't want this. I don't want WWE brought to you by Nickelodeon. <laughs> this might be Nick Jr. Let's be real. Like, what the hell is this one? Look at this. Oh, yes, they a celebrity death match. <laughs> they, they That's what it looks like. It is celebrity death match. What Look the at fuck this. Is that? What is this shit? I don't. What? Is there somebody who dresses up like a masked goat? I don't understand. Like, is there a hint here of, of who they're going to unveil? Is that what it is? Or do you, you get masked you, goats? You know, you know what the bad part about it is? And I'm almost ashamed that I might guess this right. Kind of like the crocodile is like a, there's like a guess an environmental thing in that one level. I guess maybe the goat's supposed to be one or something like that. No, who would care um, though, you know? I mean, they have an alligator. We, we watched John Cena get thrown into an alligator's mouth. Like, at this point, nothing, nothing's off limits. I, for one, am not excited for this. <laughs> not in the least. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's end that segment. End. We're we gone. A, we need a button that's just end, right? Anyway. Yeah, we got we to start snapping segments. And just... So Renee Young last week announced that she had a big announcement. People were speculating that, it was, that she was pregnant. Uh, Damn. And here's the big... I don't want to spoil it. Do you know what it is already? Uh, I heard what it is, yeah. Yeah. Are you excited? But don't be rude with it, but are you excited? Um, I mean, I'm excited for her. So. Okay. All right. Awkward face. Classy What's answer. That? Classy answer. Let's uh, let me see what this. I don't. Let's let's just have a look here. All right, guys. Today is finally the day. It is July first. Um, I have been teasing online that I have a big, fat, fancy announcement to make. And what July first was for me was the date that I had to hand in my manuscript because I wrote a cookbook. I did it. I have been manifesting this for literally years. I've been talking about this for years. I've been eating for a very long time, uh, but I did it. I'm super, super proud of it. Um, I've obviously never written a book before, so hopefully it's not terrible, but I feel great about it. Um, there's going to be over 70 recipes. Um, we've got breakfast, snacks, cocktails, mains, um, sandwiches, kind of everything you could think of. It's all in here. Um, and the fun thing with this cookbook, too, is that there's a playlist that comes with it. Um, so you guys know that I'm a huge music junkie, and I would like to give you guys a little bit of that. You know, kind of set the mood for when you're having people over to the house and whining and dining and maybe having a romantic dinner. I don't know. I'm just here to provide the goods. Um, so I've been working with uh, McGregor and Lee Decky, literary agency and Post Hill Press. Um, these are the brave people that have taken a chance on me to help me write this cookbook. Um, so that's pretty much all of the information that I have for you guys right now. I mean, once more information comes about of um, when it's going to be released, um, even the name of it, I'm honestly sort of still tossing stuff up in the air. I'm leaning towards holy bleep. That's good. Um, but we'll see if that makes the cut or not. Um, but yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and you guys can find great meals like this. Fettuccine Alfredo. Uh, I'm just kidding. This isn't in the cookbook. Oh, I ordered it in. Oh, I was thinking, yeah, she scared me. Legit when I saw it, I was like, that, didn't look, that was bad.
<laughs> I was like, nope. Glad she didn't sell that shit for too long. When I saw it, I was like, you could not have made that in the cookbook. Didn't look too good. Right. Don't order out, Renee. What are you doing to yourself? Come on now. Stop it. What's up? What's up, Marceline? Marceline! Bringing love to our very dead YouTube. That's the most unpopular place where we are, but YouTube. But right. So there you wrote a little love to the desert known as oh, YouTube. She got the see, she put a drop of water in the desert. Look at you. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for her. I think I heard she's been working on it for like three months. So it's like, that's a pretty yeah. cool. Everyone had these crazy speculations. And I'm glad if people are pissed off. That, yeah, that it wasn't just like, oh, she's not pregnant. And you're like, well. She's going to AW because she got sick there. So they <laughs> don't assume stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm glad for people because when things like that happen, the first thing that happens is everyone gets salty. Like now they feel entitled. That was it. Like, yeah. Sorry, sorry that her <laughs> getting a cookbook doesn't fit into your conspiracy theories. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, you know, the funny thing is, I didn't even try to assume anything. I was just like, okay, so whatever it is, that's exciting for her. So, like, it kind of takes the fun out of it in certain cases when, like, you assume what it probably is. Yeah, I wasn't too. I didn't think I'd be anything that crazy. Nah. It, it, it's for now. She, she gets excited about a lot of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good for her. Oh, yeah. Same, but she's actually uh, not the only person who had some big news. Oh, who was that? Where are we segue? Uh, our old friend, Sarah Sarah Rowe. Oh, yeah. Let's have, a, let's have a look here at what that news yeah. is. I'll pop that link in the chat room as well. Another one beat Rousey to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I had to. <laughs> You're lucky I keep a, a giant program in front of me when we start because I didn't expect you to segue into that story, man. Uh, <laughs> like, you know what the, the funny thing is? Literally, I had in my head if you were going to tell me pick a story in that order, 
That was yeah. exactly what I was going to go. I was going to go Renee Young cookbook and then Sarah Rose pregnant. I had that on like my filler sheet. Like if I want to refill my coffee or something, I was just like, I had that on my little just in case. I was just like, oh, you're, you're lucky I crap everything. I was like, I had no idea where you were going. But yeah, Sarah <laughs> Logan pregnant. Yeah. It's excited for Yeah, that was cool. That was a nice little uh, thing. I like that they're always, they're, they're always in that Viking gimmick, right? Even that shit, even for the pregnancy. It was like a Viking oh. pregnancy test. Yeah, that's yeah. I came from um, <laughs> little cheap plug. I came from their YouTube channel, uh, the Wild and Free TV. That channel is fun. Yeah, those are, two are cool outside of the outside of the ring. Yeah, which are bought automatically linked up on social media, so you should see it on our uh, yeah. at Talk Brunch. Well, I mean, all I'm saying, Marcelina, is Ronda left to go get pregnant, and two girls on beer to the punch. All right, like. <laughs> At the point when it's like, what you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, that is an unfortunate point to get to. All right. Uh, where are we going from this? I don't really know if I'm calling this so much a report as it is an investigation. We're going to have to try to figure this one out, in my opinion, more so than report anything. But what is going on with freaking Kyrie saying? Are we know for sure? Or are we not sure uh, what's going on here? Because I mean, there's, there's I don't even know anymore, reports. Like... At first, uh, we're hearing that there was some obscurity involving her contract. We don't know if she was still on contract or if her contract was coming up. But uh they apparently wanted her to go back to Japan this this uh past May and she was going to become like an ambassador of WWE for Japan. And uh we we weren't sure if that meant that she was going to have an in-ring career ending or if it was going to be just the ambassador role or what was going to happen in regards to that. But uh I don't know. We were hearing just different things. And then we heard that apparently what changed their plans to some extent was that Nia Jax injured her when she was throwing her into the ring steps. Uh, and that actually wasn't the way that they intended to write her off of television. But her exit was supposed to be, from what I've heard, some ironically, they've been trying to come up with an injury storyline, I guess, where she gets taken out to set up Asuka with a challenger for SummerSlam. I guess whoever was going to take her out was going to lead into that storyline. But she kept getting shoot injured so often that uh, I guess they never had a chance to do this storyline. And yeah, she's married, apparently. I'm not sure to who I know you guys were asking that in the uh, chat room. But she was supposed to be returning to Japan to be with her husband. And they've known about this for a while. But she did have that shoot injury. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on. But they were gonna have a li- they were they were gonna have a worked injury where she gets taken out since she was gonna leave. Maybe they may ironically maybe the plan would have been for Naya to actually destroy her and then there this be a vengeance storyline since she'd be gone anyway. Wouldn't that be ironic if like but, that really was the case? But what we're what we're hearing uh, was then they don't know who it was that it was supposed to be, but they have confirmed that it wasn't going to be Naya, which means that I guess after the Naya feud, they were going to bring another big bad in and that person was going to destroy her. So now we don't know who exactly that was going to be, which is, uh, yeah, that's weird way to go with this entire thing. According to wrestling observers newsletter, uh, they were saying that she'd already been planning her retirement. Um, and she was going to go back to Japan first and wrestle for a year and then retire there. A lot of people were saying that Naya ended her career and everything like that. Not really. Yeah. It's Naya through, I guess, I guess you could say a wrench in it because it didn't go as streamlined as she originally had planned out. Right. And uh, 
That's why a lot of people speculated that Asuka was going to be by herself today. I think that uh, it would kind of suck. It would just be another cool thing gone, which I'm kind of getting annoyed with. I know they can't control a lot of it, but it feels like this is the company that just loses good stuff, like one thing after another after another, like dropping like flies. And they're not really introducing new things to replace it. Like when you really look at the old company from a few months before, you know, pre pre, uh, you know, pandemic situation. There's a lot of stuff missing. And not all of it is because of that, but you don't have Becky Lynch on here anymore. You know, you don't have the Riot Squad who are like the workhorses of that women's division for a while, even though they were never given credit for it. You don't even have Roman Reigns out here. A lot of the guys are gone or at home. You know? Doesn't make a lot of sense. stuff isn't here anymore. It's weird. So they keep losing things. And it just feels like that would be yet another loss because the Asuka Kyrie Sane Kabuki Warrior thing is one of the few entertaining things that they have going for them right now that's consistently They're, good yeah they really don't have a bad night when it comes to those two what's up shane sorry to hear about your brother man hope he feels better oh yeah and uh yeah i don't know when i'm just looking at it like that's really disappointing and there's nothing you can do man. i mean put yourself in her shoes like if you're literally not from here and you're married to somebody overseas that's crazy to have that level of a long distance relationship it's not like it's a like this isn't a marriage it's, 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 it's the other side of the planet like right so knowing that i i understand but at the same time like they're, li- they're they're very short on resources right now i don't know how much more they can take of people leaving going home or running away because of the circumstances you know like after a while uh the, the product just turns stale if it hasn't already if it's if it's not stale it's literally a half step away from it yeah, I mean, it is pretty stale. Let's be real. Unfortunately, they got rid of Paul Heyman and they got rid of Eric Bischoff and, and Bruce Pritchard. I hate to say it, but he's old. And I don't mean old, like physically, like, like it's when it comes he's, to what he thinks works. He is so old, man. He's more of an old man. Almost. I feel like than Vince. Think about it. Since Pritchard has taken over. All he's done is push people that are like past middle age. You've gotten more Bobby Lashley and MVP. You've gotten more Ric Flair and Randy Orton. You've I mean, Chandler, if, we, if we want to get into Raw, just sit there and know that in 2020, MVP has a championship match. Like this is the, this is the ruthless aggression era all over again. Literally, <laughs> he, he pushes ruthless re- aggression guys, and everybody else jobs out to them. All of the guys that used to mean something that were getting that were getting elevated during the Heyman era that we just went through. Are gone. They're just side thoughts to push the storylines of these ruthless aggression 40 year old dudes. Like, look at the fact that people who it's so crazy to me to think that Ricochet, one of the most promising New Japan pro wrestling guys that they had, that he put on a match that made that went viral. Him and, 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 uh, freaking, uh, Osprey. Osprey. Wait, when Will Osprey, when they put on that match that went viral, that even people the who chain wrestling, wrestling sequence by itself went viral. And this guy is just like hanging out. It's he's like fucking Dick Grayson and Tim Drake over here with the other dude with, with cedric <laughs> even cedric too like another guy a good ring of honor guy we saw him we saw him improve over years like just a side attraction now and, dude, and, I, and I get that and i get that they're on raw but they're really just instruments of this bigger storyline that involves mbv and bobby lashley like everyone is in these storylines that are that are more to push the uh the freaking older talent take it easy ashley every everyone's there to push older talent and I get some of my nerves. Think, think about it. Did you ever think that you'd be watching wrestling in 2020 and you'd, you'd be seeing Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, MVP, Ric Flair, Randy Orton being a, a legend killer, Christian I mean, Edge? Like, like, did that gimmick not die years ago? Like, The product's fucking stale. It's to the point where 
when something halfway funny happens, it gets the reaction like it's fantastic because we're used to the same stale. We've seen this a thousand times. What's the more I could call it spot for stuff we've been seeing for years. Like they, 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 the problem with Pritchard is it seems like he has such little faith in the new stuff that he just he, he basically doesn't. If you ever use the term on before, just he defaults. Defaulting does not work. Yeah, it doesn't at all. All defaulting tells me is you literally don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and that's not good. And it's like he knows what he's doing, but he's doing old stuff. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. The way he's doing is a defaulting. <laughs> you know, and and I get it. A lot of the stuff that's happening is also because of the situation that we're in right now. Because we're hearing that, uh, according to Ringside News, they were saying that WWE didn't have the scripts for Raw um, pretty much completed on time. And that after they got rid of Heyman, uh, they, they combined both the Raw and SmackDown writing teams into one big writing team. And, uh, apparently Raw was a complete mess for a while. And, uh, assignments were given to, to the writers, um, like only a couple of days before Raw was supposed to go on the air. And apparently they didn't have the, uh, the script complete in time. And they didn't have Vince McMahon's approval for the script at first. Someone was quoted as saying that they've never seen the writing process and the writing team fall apart like this. And they said that this is a complete lack of anything having a handle on this or a vision. It just gets worse every week. (laughs) And apparently they only like Vince came late, like 1 p.m. about three days ago. And he approved like the second draft of the show which i'm amazed that it has a second draft and uh the producer still didn't have full details on key segments at that point so all of that stuff would have to be implemented in last minute and uh that the ringside saying the atmosphere is being described as leaderless and they say that paul Heyman's mantra was to collaborate with vince mcmahon and quote-unquote inspire him but according to ringside bruce pritchard's idea is different and it's described as a Cheshire cat who is there to tell Vince McMahon jokes during creative meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Their word, not mine. Oh my god. And Vince apparently, after he approved this script, didn't even stick around for the entire taping. Like he just left. Yeah, I heard that. He, he literally just after like, the second tape, he just kind of left. He just went home. I don't know. No one knows where he went. Like literally, Vince McMahon, a guy who's in gorilla position every single day since I was a kid. You know, never missing one in the middle of tapings. Got up and left. No one knows where he went. They just kept going on without him. Apparently, is one person is quoted saying, I wish I could have left early. <laughs> yeah, Vince McMahon, which I've never heard that before. That's a new one. If you can ask me what happened, I don't have a clue. But he came, showed up late, approved the second draft, and didn't stick around to watch. That's amazing. Yo, he showed up late and left early. That's amazing. Not for them, it isn't. Now you see how much you need people like that around, you know? I well, I ain't too worried about them at the moment. So. <laughs> uh, well, someone needs to worry about them. So this is what I'm talking about right now. The product has become a bit stale. And there are a lot of problems happening. Huh. It's sad to see, you know? Yeah. I don't it, know it's about sad that. to see to the extent of, like, we know it could be a lot better. But then I'm looking at it from the other side, and it's like... Well, if you guys actually took the time and instead of just defaulting to the stuff that used to work, like with Paul Heyman, he was trying the guys like, 
the uh, Umberto Carrillos and Alistair Blacks and Ricochet because you want to see what happens. Yeah, and you, have that's to the take, you, have, you have to take a risk sometimes. And that's the problem. I digress. While while we're dealing with this uh, transition, they're even losing talent that they didn't give up on because the Kabuki Warrior thing was being pushed. Kyrie Sane was being pushed, but Nia kind of fucked it up halfway, and then the uh, the fact that she wants to leave messed it up the other half of the way. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty tragic. We've heard we we reported on here before that Io Shirai she's married to Watanabe, aka Evil from New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, from Los Angeles, we're hearing that she at some point is obviously going to want to go back home. Good Lord, that just leaves Asuka here, who you guys better hope she loves American culture. And to be quite honest with you, I don't see why the fuck she would. Exactly. You know? I see more videos on her YouTube of her in Japan, so. <laughs> so, you might want to go where her friends are. And I mean, it's kind of funny when you mentioned the thing with EO, um, when we get into NXT, that's her friend. They mm-hmm. used to team in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> What's to say EO leaving doesn't make her want to leave. And we never got the stable I wanted because they've had they've been tag teams, each of them individually. You know what I mean? Like Io Shirai yep. and, and, and Kyrie Sane were the were the Sky Pirates in NXT. And then Asuka and EO teamed in Japan. We would have had two right. tag and teams then Asuka together right and, there. Yeah, and then Asuka and Kyrie Sane team in WWE is the Kabuki Warriors. So it'd be really cool to have all three of them like in a stable together. Kinda like what happened with the Undisputed Era. Where like all those yeah, guys we were like, with like two or three different tag teams all in the same group. Yeah, you know, and we missed that. We didn't get to do anything. We're not doing anything fun that we could be doing with the people that are here now. And then they're leaving. Because we want to show Big Show in the main event in 2020. Exactly. Another guy, Big Show. You see what I mean? At least even though I didn't get to see as much Kyrie Sane as I want, at least I didn't get to see as many of these young guys in this new exciting generation as I wanted. At least I got to see Big Show. And even R-Truth, as much as I like him, at least I got to see Big Show and R-Truth and Bobby Lashley and MVP and Ric Flair and Randy Orton. You see what I mean? Like, at least we got yeah. to see them because God knows see, we didn't get to see enough of them before. It's kind of funny with me. Truth is the only one I don't have as much of a problem with. And I think it's only because he kind of he kind of moved with the times. I'm I'm not a nostalgic guy. If you're sometimes yeah. we'll get nostalgic and we'll bring up old stuff just for laughs and stuff. But I'm not if you're watching the show for nostalgia. You're watching the wrong show. I'm an older person, probably a lot of our listener demographic, and I don't feel like seeing these guys. I don't feel like seeing these older guys. I gave less of a fuck about The Undertaker's last ride than most people. I don't care. And it's not that I don't like The Undertaker and I didn't enjoy his matches, but I'm just not in the past. I'm in the present and the future. And I just, I don't give too much of a shit about what the older guys are doing right now. And it's funny to me that a lot of younger guys that weren't even here for these generations care more than I do. I kind of feel like we lived it up. And yeah, it was great, but I'm, it's more diluted for me by the fact that I feel like the younger guys should be getting their push right now. During, as much as people praise the attitude era, during the attitude era, they weren't bringing in guys from the era before that as special attractions, nor were they having like big documentaries about how great the previous people were. Part of it was probably because the previous people became their competition in WCW, but Either way, it was better that they weren't looking backwards. When you were watching the pay-per-views, you were watching them for the guys that were there on Monday and Friday, not because some guy who's not normally there is now going to be there for the pay-per-view. So it's just weird, you know? I'm not I'm not a nostalgic guy. I like to look at the current stuff and talk to you guys about the current stuff, and every now and then look back. Full disclosure to pull the wool behind the curtain a little bit. Um, I was uh just before we were getting started. 
like I was late as usual. I'm always late doing this because I like to have certain things on the program, certain screenshots, images, videos, whatever. And I, I refuse. I want to make sure we have the best fucking content, whatever. I don't care if it's one person or a thousand. Like I want to make sure that the program is tight. That's one thing that most people behind the curtain know about me. And I'm putting the program together and I'm like kind of cursing my, like I'm mumbling against my breath. I'm like, I'm such a fucking garbage. I fucking didn't get this shit ready. And the significant other is like, look, your show is very complicated and has like a lot of things. You're not just going on there and talking to people about uh shit that you watched when you were 10 years old. <laughs> and well, like some people me. out there. It, it popped me. It's like, it's not really a jab at any specific shows. I, I don't think she might, who knows? Maybe she did, but I'm just saying, you know, there are shows where it's like literally just remember this, remember that. I don't want to be a remember this show. And the whole fucking business is becoming a remember this show. I don't want to remember shit. Like I see, I don't have a problem with nostalgia, but it becomes an issue when you insert nostalgia into it, like it's present day. Yeah, and it's uh, it would be easy to just come on here and do that to just be like, all right, today we're going to talk about you know, I don't know, in your house, nineteen ninety six. Remember that? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Hell but, no. What in the hell Let's no? Talk about it. <laughs> Who the fuck would want to do that? You know, it's, it's, it's not my content, but it's funny because I've never thought about that until today when she said that, when I was like, shit, I'm late again. I didn't finish the program. She was like, hon, you got to give yourself some slack. She said, that's a really big, elaborate show. You're not just going on and talking about shit you saw when you were 10. Like, those talking exactly about shit right. that happened in the past week. Like, it was just like, yeah, you, know, you have a good point. You know, like, I'm like, not. It's kind of, like, it sounds funny because it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I um, pulled the wool back once again. Whenever um, we jump on the Skype call, the first thing I hear is, sorry, I'm late. And I'm sitting there going, don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm literally just making sure I have everything. Like, but ironically, that thing that he just brought up before that I wasn't expecting with Sarah Logan. That was one of the last things I was getting when I was like already five minutes into being late. I was like, maybe I should grab this video and have this story. And look, he called it out. Otherwise, we would have had to wait for the link because I didn't have it. I just like to have all the stuff in front of me. You know, I just think that it works better that way. Which I mean, great. That tells us we are on the same page when it comes to certain stuff. Yeah. So even so much is down to the order. (laughs) So I don't like to milk the point being I digress. I don't like to milk uh, all this stuff just to have airtime. But now the companies that we're talking about are doing it as opposed to pushing this younger talent. It's just silly to me. It's really silly that they had all these. It reminds me a lot. You know who made this mistake? WCW? No. Well, yeah, I guess. Okay. You know who else made this mistake? Oh, the TNA? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you know exactly this is exactly, going to be one of the two it's, it's all over you? again you know what i mean every time nothing's ever turns out okay whenever it's a company much, oh yeah it, it's the seven week monday night war whenever a company has a bunch of young exciting talent from the indies and they focus on the older guys from like 10 15 years ago nothing good has ever happened i remember there was a period of time for several years i think it even still sometimes happens now where when I saw a guy like a rhino or a raven or somebody show up that used to be in WWE, and I'm like, oh, only a marathon for that guy's world champion. Yeah. Because that really yeah. used to be the thing. What happened to all the excitement, right? So gone. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, back then they still made to make it exciting, but still. That's yeah, <laughs> like the early 2000s. So. Yeah, get ready for Hulk on Monday Night Raw 2020. Yeah, Hogan, right? You don't understand how real that phrase is. It's going to happen, though. It's going to happen. Like, it's like, we're here. We're here in this era now. Bruce Pritchard, Brother Love, is writing your shit. Matt Morgan will be there, too. Why not? He'll be more current than who you have now. Oh, God, Shane brought up LOD 2000. No. The carbon footprint. 
<laughs> and you know the bad part about it—they're not even gonna make a modern day Matt Morgan. They're gonna I, give him stunnery Matt Morgan from back then too. You know what I liked about Matt Morgan? I talked about this on here years ago, but I liked the fact that even though he was a big giant, and if you guys look at my uh, my photos, my personal photos, I have a picture where I'm like front row at an event, and I get a shot of him like he's at ringside. He gets thrown outside and he slides out. It looks like. If you look at the way he's looking at me shooting the camera, it, it almost looks like those fake images when you see people who caught Bigfoot looking at them. Like it's, <laughs> it's just scary, man. He's a big motherfucker. He, he is, is so massive. Like when I saw him big, it was just like in front of me. It was just like, wow, this dude, and, it's like a superhero. But the funny thing and, is, and one of my favorite things about this guy is that even though he looks like that, whenever he shoots a promo, he sounds like every angry neighbor in a suburban neighborhood. Doesn't he? Well, I have never, you know, like, oh I'll have my. you know, Kurt. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he always Yo, sounds like that. he's telling somebody off suburban style. Like, that guy, <laughs> he does oh not sound my. mean at all. It literally, he sounds like the guy at the Block Association meeting. You're waiting for him to call Homeowners <laughs> Association on you. It's funny, man. It's like, it, <laughs> it added to the character for me, especially when he was a heel. I like when big guys don't act big. Remember that time when he stole uh, Thunderlips robe? Yeah. <laughs> oh that shit's crazy. He started coming out in the robe. Even when he stopped feuding with Hogan, he was still coming out in the Thunderlips robe. Oh, my God. Oh, good times. But speaking of Impact Wrestling, they apparently... Uh, I don't know. They're opening the door to everybody. Does this surprise you, though? Like, at, at the end of the day? It's, is this really surprising? Really that place has always been, like, if you want to show up, show up. Like, they just gobble up whatever talent. They're, they're everywhere. They're like the talent vacuum. I, 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 I've seen everybody from Kid Cash to the fucking Road Warriors, Randy Sat. I've seen everybody show up there. You ever feed, like, you ever have, like, a pet, like a dog or a cat or something, and, like, when you feed it, you know, it'll eat at a moderate rate and shit. But, like, God forbid one day you're in the kitchen and you knock some shit over and it's there. Now, motherfucker is speed eating. Yeah, something wonderful happened. That's TNA. They're, they're, that, they're that pet that used to get the food the normal way, but one day the shit got knocked off the counter and they're just, they're, they're overwhelmed. They're overstimulated <laughs> right now because TNA, Impact, call them whatever the fuck you want. Those guys are just, they're hinting everybody's coming. According to Fightful, they were saying that uh, they're calling, they literally said they're calling as many people as they can. Like that's what they're just calling whoever they do. They're gonna get yeah, you're right, George. They're gonna get Enzo. Right? He's gonna come fucking shuffling down the thing. Um but wait, we're hearing about EC three is being hinted, Eric Young is being hinted, they're even hinting your buddies, Gallows and Anderson, but those guys are being hinted like everywhere. Maria and Mike yeah. Canellis are being hinted. Yeah, we need you you're right, King Quest. We need a yes. fucking impact higher theme at this point. Because we have the we can't use the Castlevania stage clear anymore for for them because like it's no longer an escape. Down entry. Yeah, you got all kinds of people who are who are hinted to be showing up back there again. You know, EC3, he put up a video. Let me see what this is. You can spend your whole life letting the world tell oh, you. Oh, this is AEW. Oh, he's going to AEW, really. Path, choose yeah. your fate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I did your future? Or was it chosen for you? We are living in unprecedented times, from lockdowns to quarantine to turmoil in the streets. We are living an American nightmare. From coast to coast, Maine to SoCal, uncensored chaos and confusion reign supreme. You walk outside, it feels like you're in the jungle, boy. You fear the revolt is coming for you if you don't adhere to the group think. You feel like you're left out to hang, man. 
the natural state of things has fallen into this dark order. And you plug away day after day like a gear in an effing machine. Society is broken. But now, now is the time. You keep your inner circle small. You do not have best friends. You can only trust yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're an old man or a young buck. You speak your truth. You stand tall, exalted. You rise like a phoenix. You carry yourself with moxley, and you seal it with a sunny kiss. Now, these bastards may <laughs> criticize you. They may mock you. They may cancel you. Hell, they may even imitate you poorly. But you never give in. You never apologize. You put the word sorry back into that dictionary, and you throw it in the librarian's face, because it is never the end. There is no omega when you're an alpha. You think for yourself. You fight for yourself. You control your narrative. And if you don't, you're just part of the con. You are more than elite. You are free. And they, they have been warned. I mean, that's more than just a hint. That man dropped almost every big name in the company. That was way more than just a hint. That dude dropped everybody from freaking the librarian, the Brian Cage, to the Bucks like that. That dude just showing up in AEW. Wouldn't it be great if after that promo he did go to TNA? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a heel thing to do, man. I would do that. that would, <laughs> I'd pop. I, Can you imagine that? I, oh, the heat. You'd feel the heat oh, from your couch. Good God. Oh, that was something else. So there was an I think well, wherever he goes, he's going to be great, though. Yeah, that dude's want... gold if you know what you're doing with him. Yeah, it's an indie playground right now. You know, we got a uh, Brian Myers put one out too, aka Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. Let's see what the hell this is. lazy yeah come on man you gotta do better than that yeah we're like waiting for stuff we're gonna be impressed here you know there's an indie era i've seen better show out kid i've seen better tough enough videos oh oh <laughs> that's fucked I don't up. His video i hope he does good i mean he's from queens i gotta support the guy but come on man right. a little bit right. more editing in that shit leo rush has one out Let's see what leo rush did <laughs> could be done can be done and if it couldn't be done by Leo Rush then it simply just couldn't happen today we begin with a feature on a local wrestler named Lino Green his heart has always been drawn to wrestling well I like to kick people a lot <laughs> that's, that's, that's my go they hope to God that I'm afraid, but I'm not. Yeah, divide and conquer hatred. Remind them all I run the bases. I am gonna replace me. Yeah, divide and conquer hatred. In all your spaces. 
to be called Cruiserweight Champion. I'm the greatest Cruiserweight in the world right now. That's an amazing feeling. Dragon 2. Yeah, it was definitely dramatic. He said, <laughs> Trigger Shane said it reminds him of Creed. It reminds, or like Drumline or some shit like that. That style of thing. It's right. like, it feels like Nick Cannon could play him in the movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of those inspirational movies, you know? Oh, yeah. I like it, though. You know what? Honestly, man, Leo Rush, remember we used to like that guy before he was even on NXT? We used to talk about him in Ring of Honor, and we it, there was never a problem until he went there. I hate to say it, but we always put him over, talked about how good he was. I even said that he's like probably their best choice for cruiserweight champ before he was even on that show. They just don't know how to. I don't know. It's not a good mix. They rather have it, Leon it, it Ruff. Just seems like when people go there, everything goes downhill. You notice they, they're bigger pushers of Leon Ruff, right? That guy's going places. <laughs> Straight to Wrestling Society X. Oh wow! Yeah, he's great in PWG. Dude, with the shit almost everywhere he was. Like when I heard they signed him, I was like, oh, here we go!" And the next thing you know, he draws out to Mitch Hedberg, and I was like, what? "No, I mean Mitch, whatever, Mitch, Mitch Bennett." There it is, yeah, that guy. What a great look to him, too. He was always had a great. I, I always used to love like the freaking flat top with like the dye. Oh my god! But they didn't really use him right here. The Lashley thing well, didn't help him. Another case of them even before Pritchard was around pushing like the wrong thing. Right. Try and think. Oh, Leo Rush is popular. I'll get Lashley over. No. No, definitely not. And then we have your buddies Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, where nobody knows where the hell these guys are going, right? Nobody knows. One minute they say Impact, one minute they say AEW. No, nobody knows. One minute they're talking about Japan. Nobody knows. Like, let's see what we got here. Ryan Satin saying that uh, they have strong offers from Impact Wrestling, but Meltzer was saying that uh, yeah, Meltzer also confirms that they were headed over to Impact Wrestling and the deals that they're getting from Impact Wrestling allow them to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So maybe that's why you're seeing that tease. Yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a character dance in front of them. Like, yo, you can go, you guys can come here and then you can go to Japan too. Like, Their non-compete clauses with WWE expire on July 18th. So they literally have only a few more days, maybe a week. Yeah. And they could do whatever yeah, about, they want. Uh, see them on 11 TV days, to be precise. There you go. So like in less than two weeks, we're probably going to see exactly where they're going to show up. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. And they're going to be a hit no matter where they go. That's the dangerous part about this. Whoever gets them gets a massive addition to their tag team division. They can they, they can use properly. And we're also hearing yeah. like, that they've been hanging out with uh, old friends of theirs, right? Yeah, I've heard everybody from what? Tanahashi, Nakazaki, everybody. Yeah. The Bucks. Like... Yeah, they've been hanging out with the Bucks. And uh, 
Machine Gun Anderson tweeted huge meeting with some hashtag elite brothers on Wednesday. Happy to easily go around some of the bullshit that think they run the place and have some real brother conversations. Yeah, because we've always heard that's how it is with uh, the AEW guys, especially with the elite guys. It's just like it's literally like friends talking. It's talking business without it feeling like talking business, which is the way it always should be, you know? Yeah. And the funny thing is, I think I love how like a lot of people see this and they instantly were like, yeah, they're going to AEW. You'd be surprised. Like sometimes they could just run into the buddies. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that, 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 that's what got Jimmy Jacobs fired. Just ran into the buddies. <laughs> yeah. They, on this picture here, they tweeted, uh, today gave me deja vu. Let's party brothers. Hashtag countdown to fuck town. <laughs> that's not like an indie porno flip. What the fuck? Countdown to fuck town. Well, remember, he used to be Sex Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> I love Sugar Shane beating to it too. <laughs> sex Ferguson bad ass yeah, in the chat room. <laughs> I forgot that's what he was called. Holy shit. Oh man. Maybe they will be on being daily. That'll be nice. Oh, yeah, Anything, I'm just glad they're gone from what they were. It's gonna be more than that for sure, but that would be cool to see them there. Wrestling observers reporting that Anderson and Gallows already agreed to a deal with Ghetto to work for New Japan. So and we already know Impact's allowing them to work there, so you're going to see them in both places. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of, is AEW going to allow it as well? Which I don't see why not, because, I mean, they let Moxley go over there, so. Well, it's always been New Japan that didn't want that. Yeah. So we'll have to see. True. I mean, I'm sure they must have worked it into their deals, right? Yeah, you would think so. Only time will tell. I mean, shoot, we got 11 days till we know for sure. Going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody about to somebody about to come up. Like apparently, there's another uh, in the event that's being advertised where a lot of these guys that were released are going to all be showing up. What the hell is this thing called? Yeah, I've heard about this event, but I didn't hear about the name. Let's see. Let me see if I could find it here. Yeah, I don't remember what the hell it was called. If I knew what it was called, I could bring it up on the screen. That's how technology works. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the future, guys, you hear that, Richard? For the future. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not seeing it here. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be this event that's going to have, like, a lot of these guys released. Oh, it's Larietto Pro Wrestling, or I believe is what it is. Is this it here? Larietto. That's different. July 25th. Gonna special guest Big LG, Doc Gallows, Impact Star, Crazy Steve, and Johnny Swinger. Oh, Crazy Steve's going to be there. Dublin. This is in the uh, Pines AG Center. Mm, Dublin, Ireland. That's nice. Hmm. That's going to be pretty cool, though. A lot of the guys who aren't in the past anymore showing up. Yeah, you're starting to see a, a resurrection of the Indies. Yeah. Thanks, WWE. Good job, guys. Well, don't Thanks thank them your... yet because WWE has officially acquired Evolve. Well, there's another indie dead. We talked about it, though. We talked about the fact that Evolve was something that they are. Uh, that was in danger. It was either going to go down. There's the same relationship that ECW used to have with WWF. Where uh, it was like a almost like a little brother or sister, younger sibling style company, and yeah, it's not like they haven't been on the WWE network. No, but according to yeah. PW Insider, they said that uh the deal's done, and you're probably gonna see a lot more of their library on the WWE network, which is cool because there was a lot of, I mean, we used to review Evolve pay per views on here. We don't do it as much anymore, but whenever there was an Evolve, we would run down the whole card. But that was back when we didn't have like 20 different wrestling companies doing weeklies. If you guys recall our early days, we used to talk about every PWG event, every Evolve. We can't do that anymore. 
I remember those days. You know, we used to talk about Samurai Del Sol before he was Kalisto and all these other guys, Uha Nation. Those were good times. But at the end of the day, they weren't making a good amount of money. And uh, Gabe Sapowski closed the Facebook group and uh, he said that they won't be having any more shows. So the actual Evolve shows are gone. I guess they'll just keep the library. Yeah. But they are bringing in uh, Sal Hamawi who was uh, the owner of Evolve. They're bringing him in as a creative team member. Gabe Sapowski, though, is gone. Oh, so he's like done, done. Like... Yeah, because apparently Gabe Sapowski is uh, behind a lot of the NXT stuff. I really didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's what I didn't even know. Yeah, so Gabe Sapowski moved on to NXT Creative, and the Sal Hamawi guy who owned Evolve is going to be running the Evolve program. So... It's not going to be completely gone. We're going to have to see how that relationship works out for everybody involved, but it's definitely not yeah. going to be the Evolve we've known for years. It would be nice if some of uh, the big names came over to NXT. And I mean, when I say came over, come over to NXT, I don't mean show up for a few job matches. I mean, like, I'm actually part of the freaking brand. Yeah, that would be. Not, 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 not just like, hey, here's what's his tits to go freaking job out to carry across, like. It's starting to become abundantly clear that WWE is not the product you're going to be able to go to to see any of these things that you're wishing for to happen, though. Nah, that, that's why I knew when, right when I heard that they were that Evolve was going to start working with them, and I was like, that's going to be your guys' death sentence because they don't give a shit about this brand. They go on that tenth anniversary pay per view just to try to pander to the people who do they knew they could believe to that. I was like, it's only a matter of time isn't before it, they basically try to kill this thing off. Isn't Gabe Zapowski the original uh, Ring of Honor owner? I believe so. Do I have it backwards? I forget if he went from Ring of Honor to... I believe he did, right? And he went and made Evolve. Yeah. Or one way or the other. I forget. I'm forgetting the hierarchy of shit. I'm getting old here. It happens. <laughs> but either way, that's a he good did. creative mind for NXT. He's a good guy to have there. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. That's a great mind to have with some of the stuff they used to have in both of those companies. Yeah, for sure. In the meantime, there's been some changes within Ring of Honor because we are now hearing that Bully Ray, who's been there this whole time, is now gone. Yeah, Bully Ray's been there for, what, a couple of years now, right? Yeah, Ring of Honor basically let his contract expire. Uh, they didn't offer him anything new, but they're not offering... Uh, we're hearing mixed reports. We're hearing that they're not offering anyone new deals, but at the same time, we're hearing stuff contrary to that. So I don't know. But it could just be a matter of that. But yeah. uh, apparently his contract expired on April 1st, but... uh. They had decided at that point that they weren't going to be offering him a new deal, and they just decided to go to separate ra- ways. And uh, he was going to stand to Supercard of Honor, but the event got canceled, and that was it. This was all before the the COVID nineteen incident had happened, and they, they apparently it was just there's no heat or anything, there's no kind of issues. Everything is just clean, and I guess that was just the end of his run there. Yeah, well, it's time to go. How do you feel about his time uh, in Ring of Honor? Um, it just felt like a, I don't know, it just felt like a drier version of his TNA run. Yeah, because his TNA stuff was unreal. <laughs> he, some, of his, some, of his, some of my favorite things of him were the original Bully Ray run over in TNA. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like they, they wanted to ca- capture that. Clearly they did, because that's the gimmick that he went with. Yeah. But it just, it wasn't the same. Yeah, it also wasn't the same partially too because we'd seen it so much in, in Impact, so we were used to it. 
at least that's the way I saw it. Because I mean, I felt the same, and I felt the same kind of bully ray. But it's like, okay, I've seen this bully ray for like a year and a half in TNA. I know what to expect. Versus when it first showed up in Impact, and I was like, well, this is different. But yeah, no, it yeah. was definitely different. Great run. I mean, regardless, like what the first thing he did was win the six man tag titles with the Briscoes. So, dude kicked the door and immediately doing stuff. He had fan. He had uh, made Flip Gordon look like a million bucks. I loved uh, watching him turn and basically beat the shit out of Cheeseburger. The dude did amazing on his own. So he had a good run for sure. Yeah. And then this conflicting report that I was telling you about in regards to the reason him being gone is that they're not signing new people. Eon Riccoboni had some issues with that being said and going around. I guess somehow he got insulted. It's funny that uh, four people. But yeah, he put out statement saying people out here saying rh isn't offering contracts how do you think the most frugal man in wrestling me could afford a mock ljn macho man i'm not saying bang down the door for a contract because rh can't sign quote unquote everyone but i'm tired of this rumor being out there i'll make this public rh pays me extraordinarily well for which i'm extremely grateful i'm aware of multiple extensions most of which are public that occurred during the pandemic I'm about to take over RRH week by week, burn a newsletter, and tell people what the internet's got the scoops. The hell does that even mean? If you're a good wrestler, <laughs> make a name for yourself and hit up RRH if you have an international reputation or come to a camp if you don't. RRH pays as well, if not better than everyone else. End rant. You know what my least favorite video on the whole internet was? That quack video saying not to ask what others make. It is anti-worker. Floating out the companies aren't doing new contracts. It's also anti-worker to suppress wages to sign someone for less money. There's a reason that Glassdoor exists. You should know a fair range of what is to be paid. It is okay to have an idea of what a colleague makes so that you don't get ripped off. It is not okay to tell a trade paper company that to tell trade paper companies aren't signing talent to suppress wages to pay talent less. And then, and he says, July 18th is right around the corner. I wonder why anyone would float out there that a company with a steady television show isn't doing new contracts. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Ian went in. Shit. It's good that we have loyalty. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay. Let's talk a little bit while we're here. There were some special events that happened over this past Wednesday because NXT went against AEW. And what I can't even call a pay-per-view, but I sooner have to call a special event. Yeah, one that we actually knew was coming, one that showed up on, what, two days' notice? Yeah, so we had AEW Fighter Fest up against Great American Bash. And I wasn't keeping track. Which one was the last-minute one, WWE? Yeah, WWE like, literally showed up, like, maybe that weekend. It's like, Why hey, it's the Great ask? American Bash. Why did I like, even what? ask, right? Like, of course. Like The, the only thing that was different with Fighter Fest was that I believe a week or two before they had announced that instead of it being a pay-per-view, it was going to be free TV. So not, not as drastic of an adjustment, just more of like a, hey, we're going to give you this guys for free. Whereas WWE sitting there just like, hey, remember that pay-per-view Great American Bash? Guess what? It's going to be on NXT. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what they do. And we're all supposed to get excited. And the sad part about it is with WWE, let's be real. We all pretty much know why they decided to call it the Great American Bash. Because fucking Cody's over in the other place. And everybody, and they, they even mentioned multiple times that Dusty created the Great American Bash. Yeah, they had to. Yeah, of course. How else are we going to make sure everybody knows? Like, 
So, uh, AEW Fighter Fest Night One opens with Jericho rocking his Canada Day sports jacket. A jacket that only he could wear. Only he could get away with that. Only a mother could love a man wearing a jacket like that. That thing oh was a mess. But patriotic. Yeah. Oh, Canada. So we had a tag team match, which was uh, MJF and Wardlow against the Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being accompanied by Marco Stunt. Finished being Luchasaurus going over Wardlow with the moonsault and the... And the uh, well, not the... What's the thing before the moonsault? The, uh, it was actually... It was a uh, wheelhouse kick, I believe. Into the standing moonsault. Yeah. Ridiculous athleticism by him. Like, why is he that big and just moves fluidly? Like, that was the most fluid big man moonsault I've ever seen. I'm glad that they're pushing him and that they let him go over Wardlow because I, I don't know. I'm just sick of these big cliche guys, you know? Yeah. See, like Luchasaurus for me is one of the exceptions just because he's so athletic for his size. Sometimes you forget he's big. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, what was it, like a couple of weeks ago, he did like a shooting star press from off the stage. And it's like, what? Yeah, that dude, he, he's something else. Ridiculous. Amazing look and just athletic. Like that's a future AEW champion. I'm calling it like. You think so? You think even in the lucha gimmick, like even in the dinosaur shit? I feel like you do. If you make the right moves, you could get a world championship run on him. And that's even with the Jurassic Express still together. Dude. It's not the easiest move in the world, but I feel like it can be done. I like, like that. Would be the, I like AEW and, and how charming they are and all of the little quips and quirks and stuff. But I don't know if you can have a fucking dinosaur be your world champion. Right. You know, I mean, it would be interesting. To see, you know. I don't know if they would do it, but I could see it, maybe. But then again, maybe I'm reaching. I don't know. But I'm, I'm interested in what the chat would think about having dinosaur, the dinosaur top guy. Let's be real; it would be better than a lot of the world champions WWE's had lately, because at least it'd be something interesting, and he'd be here all the time. Yeah, I mean, and he's well spoken too. Yeah, great, good promos. I mean fantastic in the ring and when you look at it from a like if you're looking at it from like a kayfabe standpoint stylistically that's a dangerous competitor to have to deal with yes. like somebody near seven feet who moves like he's probably half his size that's why i've always liked guys like that i'm like dang i'm like realistically if you look at a guy like that that's a dangerous sad thing to have no that's on the other side of the ring from you yeah i just don't know how good they would do with a comedy character like that yeah he seems like a comedy character that has the potential to get serious at times. We just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I know. I, I Like I said, I don't know how he would be able to get serious, though, with the dinosaur suit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you have to change the colors. Yeah. Because it's, like it's like I saw this guy uh, kind of funny, like just like with Sammy Guevara. I saw him for the first time in Lucha Underground when it was nowhere near as colorful. So it's like, I've seen it done. It's just how would AEW make, make that work? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, next match we have with the AEW Women's World Title match. Akara Shida defending against Penelope Ford. Finish being Shida going over with the running knee. And uh, Penelope looked good. She probably looked the best that she ever I told you guys since day this one. This was... <laughs> yo, fucking since day one, man. I told you guys that that girl needed to get a push. That girl showed out in this match. There were uh, several times where I was like, yo, Penelope's about to walk away with this belt. I knew it, man. I, that was one girl. They were pushing the wrong and, girls, man. 
And keep in mind, that wasn't even the first running knee, which she finished. She hit multiple. She had to she had to hit this girl multiple times with running knees. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she's like, the best Penel- girl Pen- on that roster. Oh, my God. They 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 had one of my, this was one, if it wasn't a match of the night, it was one of my favorites. Yeah, really well done. I did like the fact oh. that that spot where she matrix out of the missile drop kick off the top and then she counters with a stunner. It was so crazy when it happened. I was like, wait a minute. I need to see a replay of that. Did this bitch just matrix out of the... <laughs> yeah. The only low point to me was Kip. He comes in with a kendo stick and then she the winds up ducking and hitting him. And then his selling of the blow and the losing of the kendo stick was horrendous. Like it was just... It was, uh, like just don't have that in the match. Uh, I, I, did, I did like when Ford kicks out of the uh, the Falcon Arrow and Jericho's like, no one kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Yeah, I had an instant Chucky T flashback. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, overall good match though, very solid. Oh, top to bottom, absolutely great. Yeah, and then we had the AEW TNT title match: Cody Rhodes being accompanied by Arn Anderson defending against Jack Hager with Catalina, his gorgeous wife. Finished being Hager hits the Uranagi into what was like a head and arm choke, and yes. this is kind of weird. So Hager hits the Uranagi into head and arm choke, and then Cody he rolls him over for a three, and uh. That's fine and everything. I just don't understand how at the end of that transition, Hager thought that he won. Like, he gets out of it and he's like, I win. Like, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that they went for this because I've seen it happen in mixed martial arts before. I can't remember which fight it was. It was, a, it was an ultimate fire finale. I believe it was Gray Maynard and somebody. And what wound up happening was Gray got him with a takedown. And I believe he tapped through the pain, but Gray knocked himself out. And it was a weird kind of double finish almost. But um, I remember what they were saying was that after he rolled over, I think it was either JR or Excalibur said, like, Cody's out. So it seems like what happened was Jake felt him go out, but the ref didn't see it. All the ref saw was the pin. Gotcha. Okay. That's what, what at least that's what, at least from what I was gauging, that's what it happened. That uh, Jake Hager was so wrapped up in the fact that, oh, Cody's out. He doesn't realize his shoulders are down and he gets counted out. Gotcha. Okay, it makes sense. And by the way, before we go any further, I just wanted to say, because I know we haven't been discussing weekly very often, I am liking the Britt Baker stuff with her and uh, Rebby, or she, Reba. Reba. You know, <laughs> I, I loved... Uh, She's funny. <laughs> I love her so much. The dumpster thing was hilarious. Oh, my Swall, God. Which one? Which one? She threw her into the dumpster? Well, with Big Swall, where she pulls the Undertaker. Remember the where to, Stephanie? And she turns around. Oh, she's like, where to, God. Britt? I love how like she was sitting in the plexiglass thing and uh Swole couldn't get to it first. Swole calls up the back of the car with the back of the truck with the garbage can and just pours it all over. And she gets go, that was the second time but yeah when she drove off the first another thing i like about the first one when she dro- drops off in the dumpster is the acknowledgement of the camera being there. Why is the camera there? We need to get the footage of me rescuing you. Rescuing me? That's what you think that I need to be rescued? Where's Tony? You put him on friendship timeout. I did put him on friendship timeout, didn't I? Well, tell him that the friendship timeout is over. <laughs> it's, I love that they're keeping her in the mix, even though she's hurt. Yeah, really good performance by her. You know, oh, I'm loving so everything funny. happening there. That that's entertaining shit. And I like that. Like rebels getting to just be in the mix of stuff. Yeah. It's a cool way. And she fired her right in the background at the dumpster. She fired her. She said, "You're fine. You mean I'm free?" I mean, you mean I can go? No, no, you're hired back. You're hired back. <laughs> she had that moment of realization, but she had to catch herself. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. 
AEW TNT title match. Like I said, really good, really solid. Um, after that, we had uh, a bit of a video segment with Darby Allen where he's not cleared, apparently. So he's skating around, setting motherfuckers on fire in one of his little black and white video packages. <laughs> we wish it was live. We said that shit like he was. That's what it was. He sets them on fire and <laughs> sends him down a ramp on fire. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, I did like the idea that they show those the, the the Street Fighter versus AEW shirts. I like that little cross promoting that they're doing there. Yeah, I like the it kind of surprised shirts. me with the yeah. gaming aspect on ML. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like the appearance, but I do like the idea of the shirts. But I'll have to take a good better look at them. With a tag team match, Private Party Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn uh, being accompanied by Matt Hardy against uh, the Inner Circle, being Ortiz and Santana. With the finish being uh, a sling blade across the back of Ortiz, followed by the gin and juice on Santana. Yeah. And uh, I like how that sling blade kind of goes into Orton's backbreaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of it's weird that he's able to do that. I've never seen it before. When I saw it happen, I was like, wait a minute. Did he just sling blade him into a backbreaker? But those yeah. two have always been known for like the weird way they set moves up so yeah very solid stuff very innovative one of the most innovative tag teams that we have in the business right now and it's funny because matt hardy he sent out a tweet where he said time is like a flat circle and this was the image that he sent out with that tweet yeah i i was literally you read my mind <laughs> yeah so i thought that was actually pretty cool yeah it's kind of yeah it was really cool he's like he's he gets to be michael hayes's role from way back then. Yeah, and they're sort of like the young Hardy, sort of like a team that's doing moves you haven't seen before that's slowly building momentum. So it's it's cool. I really like that about this entire yeah. thing. You know, Matt Hardy, I don't think over the years until later on, really got acknowledged for how talented, multi-talented he is, as far as he's pretty much good in anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of people really got attention drawn to him when he became that broken character, but when you look at it, like, it doesn't even, it's not even a thing that he needs to depend on. He could never be broken again. And he'd be fine. Yeah, you know? he, we would. It, it's kind of cool. We have like this multi faces of Hardy in a sense in AEW. You never necessarily know which one you're going to get every week. Yeah, and I like that idea that they are that they are doing this team with them. Yeah, it's it's great for a private party. It gives Matt Hardy something to consistently do, so he's not always around the elite guys. It works out for everybody. I mean, freaking Santana and Ortiz just got a victory over, or, I mean, um, Private Party got a victory over Santana and Ortiz. That's big for those two. Yeah, it is. Very, very solid. Very yeah. solid. The second second time they knocked off a big name team in AEW. Mm-hmm. So then we had uh, the World Tag Team title match, which is Adam Page and Kenny Omega, the champions defending against the best friends, Chuck Taylor and trent and this match had a very special opening you know what man i have to i have to show this we gotta see it this we is, yes. too good too good this is epic best entrance ever triple h top this aew dynamite again we're live at daily's place in jacksonville florida after you're with us and Hey, that's a mighty sharp little uh, minivan. <laughs> a minivan. Fight for the fall part one has been, gentlemen. And, and the, look who's behind the wheel. That's that's Trent's mom, Sue. She's stripping the challenger. Have fun. <laughs> she said have fun. Have fun. <laughs> if they <Freddy>! come-, <laughs> come here. I need a kiss. <laughs> Yes. 
<laughs> kind of tough to keep your uh, your mad dog face on when your mom's giving me a kiss. Oh, that is too good. <laughs> Biggest opportunity that uh, mom dropped some off. Minivans are not just for soccer moms anymore. There's Dr. Baker. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be with the scene. It'll be fucking good. Try not to laugh. 16 minute time limit, and it is for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Introducing first the challengers. They were driven to the ring by Trent's mom at a combined weight of 418 pounds. Trent, Chuck Taylor, best friends. Young uh, the Dapper Yapper there, George Hamilton Jr. loves introducing the best friends. Oh God! Oh, dude. I love how he even announced "driven to the ring" by his mom. They were driven that... to the ring by his mom. That did it for me. Like you don't see that shit anywhere else. And I'm pretty sure that was like shoot his mom. Like I hope it was. Mighty John says NXT is more professional. AEW is two hours of comedy. Um, I don't know. I don't necessarily fully agree with that. I mean, you're talking about the show where uh, you got Robert Stone, who's who's a drunken businessman, trying to get girls, trying to get Rhea Ripley to be his manager, and where you got a. Kyle O'Reilly playing a fucking psychiatrist doctor to Adam Cole, who's terrified of Dexter Loomis. You know what I mean? You got the show where you got Los Ingo Bernabales de Fantasma showing up in the suits <laughs> talking about the era of Lucha. So, I don't know if you're going to say that they're more comedy over here with the shit that we're seeing. I'm a fan of both, but I mean, I'm looking at NXT listening. as of lately with all of the different jokes and antics and things going on, and it is way, way, way more over there. It is way more. Don't even get me started. Yeah, and, and the about worst it part about week. it is it's like it's not even funny over there. Like, like they got all kinds of cartoony funny. stuff happening over there. I can write you a book. I did it last week. I don't want to ruin yeah, I don't, don't want do to spoil again. the chat room again but yeah I can write yeah. a book of how ever since Vince has taken a special interest in NXT they've been straight up just having a blast out there but uh they both they both have their ups and downs they, they have different yeah. nights as far as that kind of stuff goes uh so the finish to this is the buckshot lariat from Adam Page to Trent going over after a war yeah pretty <laughs> much. after a fantastic oh match God. after excellent match so Pretty much when the match is over, FTR comes out and they offer beers to, to Kenny and Adam Page. But Kenny defiantly pours out his beer. We know he doesn't drink alcohol. And the Bucks come out to defuse the situation. And uh it was interesting because the way that the show went off of the air, I like the subtle things that AEW does. Where it wasn't so much a heel turn, but there was a turn there. Because if you really go back and look at the way that that final scene was, Trent... I'm sorry, not Trent. Why did I, why did I even say Trent? He's already out of the picture here. But Kenny and the Bucks who come out are on one side and Adam Page and the Revival are on the other, you know? Yeah. It showed this weird kind of, it's not even as much that like they're breaking up. It's this weird tension that's been sitting there. Yeah. It is a weird tension. What are you even talking about? Almighty. She said one, she said one sentence. The hell? We got bipolar people in the chat room now? Shit. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like nobody disagreed with anything. He's done. He's done. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. It was just a strange reaction, right? God yeah. damn, people are angrier than you would. <laughs> people managed to draw that that anger that you could only wish a Saiyan would have. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like I'm pissed off at this <laughs> at this affair. You and, your, you and your one sentence, brah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, on the other side of the pond. <laughs> Who was it? That was the end of it, right? Yeah, that, that was uh, Fighter Fest Night 1. Fighter Fest Night, two night next 1. Week. And uh, like I said, I love the ending with Paige and the FTR guys. They're standing defiantly against the elite. And it's like he's almost almost as if that's what we're leading into. We're going to have Kenny and the Bucks against uh, Hangman yeah. Page and the FTR guys. And it's kind of funny the way AEW has been doing things, especially with the Page stuff. We don't know if that's for sure where they're going. Yeah. They could be just planting seeds and just letting you letting you imagine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm excited. So, mm-hmm. and so just some side notes about this. Um, apparently, Taz made a statement during this. Oh yeah, where he because was, uh, <laughs> you're good. I was going to say I was gonna, because uh, one of the things about it was they did announce during the event that um, I believe in two weeks at Fight for the Fallen. They will have a uh, cage and John Moxley. Yes. So basically, giving Moxley that time to quarantine, make sure he's good, and then they'll have the match. Yeah, fantastic that we're gonna get get it at some point. You know, it can't be yeah. part of the. And we don't gotta wait long. Yeah, no, we don't. It's only a couple of weeks, which isn't bad at all. Um, that being said, what Taz basically said was that people were upset about the uh about the pandemic and then he basically said uh what was the exact line that he said that they don't run a sloppy shop here yeah implying that uh wwe does i mean okay i mean it's not incorrect <laughs> like all i'm saying like what when i hear the number is somewhere around 30 guys all in it- aew heard what two three maybe four he said, we don't run a sloppy shop here, but I'm not going to get into all that. Even after saying a line like that, you kind of did get into all that. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's the fucking best headline I've heard in years. That was great. And people in WWE apparently were very, very upset about this. They should be more upset about the fact that they run a sloppy shop than the fact that people exactly. acknowledge it. You know? The WWE in that moment was the ex-girlfriend who cheated on her and then the ex-girlfriend cheated on you and then got mad when you called her a hoe. Like, yeah, don't shit your pants and then get mad because people notice it smells. Right. <laughs> Stupid company. That's such a fucking facial. Oh. You know, like, oh, we're very upset that you noticed that we're shit lately. How dare you? I acknowledge you on your clearly superior show. How dare you? You know, don't run a sloppy shop. Right. Don't get people sick of me. You wouldn't have this problem, now, would you? Yeah, exactly. But I'm just sipping my tea, so. Yeah, right. We need that button. Do I have that? Do I still have that button? I don't even know if I do anymore. Tell me it's here. I hope we got we do. I ain't want to gossip, so you ain't heard that from me. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my God. I forgot about that one. I wasn't sure what button you were looking for. <laughs> All right. So as you said, at the other side of the pond, you have NXT Great American Bash Night 1. <sighs> Which, uh, they kicked this one off with... Gang beast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> There's the, uh, the NXT but, Women's Title Number One Contendership Elimination Fatal Four Way Match. Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox. Finish being Tegan Knox goes over with the Molly Go Round into the shiniest wizard on Dakota Kai. Her Molly Go Round looks really good. Very good. Uh, Candice LeRae's the first one out in this. So much for her little evil push. She was better at serving wine and having dinners in black and white than at being part of this uh, company, apparently, because they I'm, did I'm not tell you, I've complete. noticed every time there's something big with Johnny Gargano, Candice is just a side piece. 
Yeah. The other thing that upset me about this was what's up with Tegan Knox's face? Like she looks like she's just shocked about everything. Like she just looks she has this permanently shocked looking <laughs> face throughout the entire match. It's almost like every she time somebody kicked it. out, she was shocked. Yeah, like she's just totally shocked. She's looking around every time somebody kicked out, or every time somebody did a shot the spot. Wow, every time there was a double team, she was shocked to be teaming up with that person. She was shocked that this person got knocked out of the ring. She was shocked that she inadvertently knocked this person to that person. There were just all these close ups of just her shock. Like she's so conflicted. Like enough already. <laughs> so conflict. It's so caught up in she, the drama she, of things. She's every NPC in a Metal Gear Solid game. Just surprised when something happens. Yeah. There was this awkward point in the match where Mia Yim ran out of the ring after hitting the ropes. Like she hit the ropes and then she fell through the middle rope as if someone pulled it down. But it was just her. It was just kind of like hit the rope, hit the rope, gone. And then she was just like crouched down <laughs> like outside. I went back and rewinded it. Just I was like, am I crazy? But it was like, no, she hit the ropes and then just was gone. Boop. And uh I don't know. It was, it was a, Miriam gets rolled up by Dakota Kai in this awkward distraction after she soul foods Knox and Knox winds up rolling to safety and even commentary. Uh, I don't know who was in commentary with Mauro because you know how I'm about commentators, but whoever yeah. the other dude is actually, I, I think it was my name is Vic Joseph. I don't know. Vic Joseph. Well, he broke kayfabe. I don't know if he realized it. Sometimes when you're speaking, you don't realize that you're saying shit you're thinking. And he had this moment because think about it. It's a, it's a, Fatal four-way match. And right when I'm finding things to be mistimed, he says out loud, uh, it looks like there's been some miscommunications. There aren't any miscommunications if all right. four of you were against each other. There were, however, miscommunications in the choreography of this match that I was thinking about right then. And it's funny because Morrow kind of tries to save it. Like he kind of, his voice gets a little bold. He's like, yes, there have been some miscommunications. It's all falling apart. It's like, no, that's not what he meant. He accidentally <laughs> spoke what he was thinking. There have been some miscommunications because I don't know what the fuck is going on in this match. I'm not quite sure. It feels sometimes like some people are going faster than others and then the other girl has to either slow down or speed up to catch up to her. There was a lot of improvising. And, uh, like again, you know what? It's always these girls, dude. Every time we talk about anything, it's always the same fucking set of girls. And we wind up back at the end of it, just in case we haven't had enough. We wind up back with the shitty Kai Knox feud because they were like the last two people in it. Before finally Tegan Knox goes over with the Molly Goron Chinese Wizard, which is that the end of it? Are we gonna keep doing Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai forever? Like at this point, I'm like, send freaking have Dakota Kai carrying Raquel Gonzalez's bags at that point, because like, just just no, just no, please. We we established Dakota Kai is garbage as a heel. Move on. This was the Gang Beats match. I messaged you during it. And I was like, yo, this match reminds me of that game you like. I was like, it was just flaying around. It's kind of like it's half based on skill, other half based, you know, based on gravity. The best part about it is I hadn't seen the match yet. But just the visual in my head, I, I was like, crying. Everyone just felt like they were just getting by with their shit, you know? It doesn't feel like as... Like, when they set up for a spot, it doesn't feel like they're as confident as a lot of other matches I've seen where things are just kind of going in sequence. A lot of the time, it just kind of felt more like, and I hate to say it, but you guys know how I feel about it. It kind of felt like Lucha Libre. Like, okay, I'll position myself here so that you'll be able to do this to me. All right, I'm going to crouch down and be down here so you could do that. That's always my problem with, like, the Lucha style. Like, a lot of it is just standing. There's no, there's not psychology. There's not ring psychology. It's like, why would you be standing there? without just to take that spot like it makes more sense as much as people don't like wwe for but the reason people don't just flip around is because if you have a match where everybody's just flipping around think about it logically why would a non-worn down opponent stand around while you're flipping around on top of them they'd be they'd have full stamina and strength they wouldn't be dave they just get the fuck out of the way you would flinch if like a bird or a bat flew toward you think that if a human flying through the air came at you when you were fully alert that you'd be just standing there so the psychology ring psychology which is missing from a lot of stuff is you wearing down an opponent to the point where either their legs or arms 
arms or lungs or something are fatigued enough that we will believe through our suspension of disbelief that they could not move out of the way. What otherwise would be a situation where they can move out of you flying, you fucked them up so badly that they just can't get their footing right now. And now you're hitting the spot. A lot of this just feels like they're just standing around to hit spots. Where's the ring psychology? You know? Not liking it. Not liking that at all. Get it together, uh, NXT. Yeah. Don't put those girls out there if we can't have a fucking match. You know, you're not fooling you're fooling people, but not everybody. Anyways, then we get Timothy Thatcher against Oni Larkin. And uh kick the shit out of each other main event of the evening. Yeah. Jesus. This uh I, I like that this match was more like Greco-Roman chain wrestling more than just like with mixes of them hitting each other as hard as they possibly could in this match. Like it's brutal shit, you know. I'm definitely <laughs> not gonna lie. This is this yeah. is my kind of stuff, and I'm bringing it up here because this a lot of people haven't seen this. Mouth. I need you to take a look at this. All right, remember oh, this. These God. videos are awesome. Oh no, they're gonna add us, aren't they? Are they gonna add us? Yeah, yeah they're gonna try to Applebee us. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's I mean, like, I remember you were saying like, would you best be like these promos sold you on Timothy Thatcher? Good promos, man. Good promo. That's okay. a scary. That. I hate when I do it in a dark alley. Like, here we go. Hello again, gentlemen. Welcome to the first day of Thatcher's Thatch Can Style Wrestling. I will teach you about the details of submission style wrestling. Things no one else will be able to show you. Fujiwara armbar. So notice here the pressure begins. And this is about as far as it seems like you can pull. If I reclasp and pull up, then it ends up into that. And even so, maybe a little farther. I'm not even falling apart. Falling apart. Squeal for me, huh? See any questions about that? Next hold, double wrist lock. Come in here, over the shoulder here, rotating the hand inside there. Even if I have it here and I come across, I put the knee over, then it pulls the shoulder even more. So much more pressure onto that. And if I slowly rotate the shoulders, there it is, there it cranks onto that. Gentlemen, line up. I said line up, get out. This is only the first day. Next time, the real work begins. You're dismissed. Get out of here. Clean up the mess on the way out. You guys are crying all over my mat. Yeah, you tell him, Demont. I mean, Thatcher. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people would prefer Demont. Yeah, nah, this was hardcore shit. He dungeoned the shit out of him, right? That was rough oh, there. You know, but I am liking dungeon. the Thatcher push. I like what they're doing with him. Finished to this being Lorkin. Only Lorkin ta- tapping to the Fujiwara arm bar. And, uh, I'm right with you where this match, you guys know this, these matches are my kind of shit pretty much. You're never going to really hear me complain. But in this particular instance, I was surprised at how short this was and Lorcan tapping, to be honest. Like, aside from that, the match had the kind of stuff that I like, but I felt like it was cut short just when I was getting into it, you know? And it's funny because they got two of the best technical mean faced people that they could find and put them in the ring together. That should last an hour, you know? Um, I did love a lot of the sequences and reversals because the fact that Lorcan is no no punk either. I liked how Thatcher reversing the single leg crab on Lorcan. Um, overall, this was really cool. I just would like to see something longer, and I wish that it wasn't so, such a definitive ending. It's like they still use Lorcan as a good hand, but they're not really going to push him. And it's good that they're going with Thatcher, but I just wish there would have been a little bit more to this, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, this was a for what it was, the link of the match. It was a lot. It was really entertaining. Like I said, it was a mixture of the chain wrestling, and every now and then somebody would start throwing bones. Like it was to the point you and they 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 would go from just throwing the hardest hits to immediately back to the chain wrestling. They never fully abandoned that. So, and I don't know if I'm being greedy because I just didn't expect it to end when it did. You know? Yeah, I mean, but I guess when it comes to a match that physical, those two can you can only really get so much out of it. Before it just kind of turns into almost a slugfest. Right. But and I, think, I guess, because I, I don't know if this is going to be the only time they fight each other as well. No one only Lorca and he's not going away. So right, maybe right. the maybe the next time around they extend it a little bit and see. Yeah, Stacey said she wanted more too. See, you know, that's what I felt. Yeah. Definitely nothing wrong with that. Because, I mean, it was so fun. You want more after that. Like, yeah. So it next was, up. Yeah, no, go ahead. Continue. I was going to say, yeah, because like, it was just so irritating to watch. Like. So next up, somebody takes a shit right in the middle of the ring. At least that's what my perception of the next match was. Because yeah. uh, you get your two-on-one handicap match, Aaliyah and Robert Stone against Rhea Ripley, with the finish being she simultaneously taps both of them with a double prison trap because she's that badass. Um, I'm, like, overwhelmed with shit to say. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, let me try to handle this objectively. You have fun just, with that. A- just answer me. Just try to answer this question. Anybody, including you, anyone who listens to on the match. Don't you find it stupid that Robbie E is portraying that stupid fucking character? The guy that was a TNA television champ, a TNA X Division champ, and two-time TNA World Tag Team Champions with Jesse Goddards, and now he can't take a fucking punch from Rhea Ripley? You know... They have Rhea at one point in this Boston Crab Crossface combo. Think about that for a minute. This is what I'm talking about with ring psychology. Boston crab, your legs, cross face, your upper body. And she reverses no- both. First of all, he's a man. I don't care. It's like, I'm not trying to be chauvinistic or anything here, but he's a man. This is a big built man that has you in a Boston crab while the girl you're facing has you in a cross face. You're basically being bent in half and you reverse out of all of that. And you, and then there was a point where she double suplexes them. So you know what I mean? Double prison trap, double suplex, double reversing out of a crossface and a ball and a Boston crab, but can't beat Charlotte. You know, there's so many things that I have issues with with this match. Yeah, first of all, the Robert Stone thing. But let's be real. This is what happens when you come up in this amazing mecca of wrestling entertainment. They just give you shit. And then on top of that, the whole thing with Rhea Ripley. It's something, and it bothered me more and more, and it hit me during this match. Yeah, so that's why, what, you know, what, what, what yeah. kind of bothered me, it literally even goes back to the Charlotte thing. Why is it in this girl's second championship match, she's facing Charlotte? Yeah. Why the fuck don't you build up to that? Because then, guess what? You can only go down, and she fell down. Yeah, so that's <laughs> why when that guy came in early, the almighty John, and he's saying that, that NXT is more takes itself more seriously, and AEW is more of a comedy thing. Yeah, did you watch, did you watch fucking Fighter Fest, where, where we had... Um, a, a chick double teaming and throwing these two people around like it was a fucking Looney Tune segment. <laughs> Come on. Like, nobody, nobody walked away okay from this. Yeah. Nobody. This just proves that even in NXT, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, it's it's nuts. So next up, strap match, Robert Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis finished being he winds up tapping Strong to the silence with the strap around him, of course. Predictable ending here. Typical strap match BS. Um, useless interference from Fish. Just Strong losing didn't work. It didn't. Uh, what are your thoughts? They, they don't. They don't. They don't fucking care anymore. They. They don't give a shit. 
at this point, I'm like, hey, Dexter Loomis didn't get buried. Fucking fantastic. Like, it made me laugh when Bobby Fish got clotheslined with the strap on it. That was good selling on his part. The way the way he went yeah. through the middle and then the strap was lifted. Because them things hurt. <laughs> yeah, good job there. Good job there. You know, oh, like I said, I, I would have liked it to be more there. Um, I don't. Well, why do we I, expect more nowadays? Though? I don't even know what I'm expecting. I never thought it would come to the days where the NXT stuff just didn't look as good. You know, and then of course, fucking Dexter Loomis being the babyface in this is a big issue. Like, that's just a strange place to start that character out. Even if you were going to eventually go there to start a character out that's like that, and his first run, the first time people are seeing him is as a babyface, is strange. Maybe for us not as strange because we knew him as Samuel Shaw and TNA and in other companies and stuff, and now this is our first time seeing him as a babyface. But imagine being introduced to that character the way that he is now. Just just a face. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't even nothing, work in the context. Nothing about that character says face. Nothing. Not a single thing. You'd have to somehow do something to make that work. It's just awful with the way that that went. I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed the match, but yeah, the whole concept thing behind it just did not do it. Yeah, they can't write for shit. What so, else is Drake Maverick winds up getting beat up like by Los Ingobernables de Fantasma, and then Brazango comes in and they do a run in for the save. So I guess we're gonna have Los Ingobernables de Fantasma against Drake Maverick with Brazango. Yeah, that's literally what they announced for night two. Oh yeah, good old night two. <laughs> Next we get Io Shirai against Sasha Banks with Bailey being accompanied by Bailey. Amy Rose, what's up? Hey, hey, hey. You need to uh, get over to our Twitch because you are not going to be able to survive there much longer. Mixer is closing their doors, and I'd love to have you here rather than have you nowhere when that when that closes its doors. <laughs> right. Y'all better stop wasting time and jump over. Y'all better stop procrastinating. Yeah. So that's what they announced for night two, right? Was that was that save? Yeah, that that, that, that match is going to be on night two. So we're going to get the Brizango situation. Yeah. When what do you think so far? Like your thoughts of of uh, the way that they're pushing guys like that? You know, like I mean, that. it's so for me, especially when it's more from the Raul Mendoza and Walking Wild. It's good to see them in something instead of just showing up just to get beat, because that's been my problem with NXT. A lot of these guys who show up from the Indies, who we know are fantastic athletes, showing up just to get beat. Like that's not how you get people over. To hell with that concept that they say, oh, it takes five years to build a star. Motherfucker, you could build a star in an hour if you know what you're doing. Yeah, why do they have but, uh, to have quotas of shit like that? Like, where do they get these numbers from? Like, no, it maybe takes five years for you guys to build a star. It takes, it, 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 right now, we could build one in a week and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yourself with your numbers. There are guys we knew were stars long before they were stars. Exactly. I, I love uh, one of my favorite things that Cody ever said, and I know they talk about when it came to guys like the Lucha Brothers, all these guys. A lot of these guys, they go over there, they were stars before they showed up. They let them be those same stars. If somebody was over somewhere else, they're over when they show up at your place. You know why? Because the people who follow them there are going to follow them over here. Where's the DJ Z fans followed Walking Wild over here. Whereas over here, they deflate the entire thing. Yeah, you know, I, like it was like I said before, when you show up in WWE, whether it's NXT, Raw, or SmackDown, you officially are saying you're okay, never being the best again, because you're not the best when you come over here. It doesn't matter what you do, yeah. because you're not you're not the best because you're the best. You're the best because you're that flavor of the month. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. But I mean, that team did actually get an actual name, not the fun one we got. They call it uh, Liga de Fantasma. Ours is better. So 
What is the name of it? I didn't even know they gave it. Uh, I, I believe it's called uh, Liga de Fantasma. Yeah. It's like I said, ours is better. Listen, Gorbanobles de Fantasma, they practically yeah. took it. Yeah, might as well, just minus the cool people. <laughs> yeah, and you called it. You called it. That whole shit was going to unfold the way that it did. I kind of wish I didn't now. <laughs> but you did. You know, yeah. I knew it, man. I knew it. I felt it and I saw it. Yeah, I saw it all along. I was just like, it's the easy route to go. Like, it can't be that stupid. Like, but last they were. Yeah. So, uh, finally, we get Io Shirai versus Bay Sasha Banks with Bailey, with the finish being Asuka showing up and nailing Sasha with the green miss. Shirai going over with her moonsault. Yeah, moonsault to the back for the win. Yeah, back moonsault. Good for her. Poor Sasha. Poor, poor Sasha. Yeah. Sasha with the bullet monkey tonight. Yeah, she she caught she caught it, all right. She got the green face. As a matter of fact, there it is there. And it's funny because when I I saw that, when I first I wasn't I forgot. Don't ask me how, but I forgot that this happened to her. So I thought that she was trying to like look like the Hulk and indicate that she had <laughs> all shit. And I was like, Oh, she did like a Hulk? And I was like, Oh, that's right. This is not <laughs> you got missed it, it, it just looks so evenly distributed, you right? know? It's just that Asuka has a really good spit pop. <laughs> So, her her aim improved with that with that mist. Yeah, look at that. That's perfect, right? Look at how she, she got the got tone. every bit of that. She got that perfect. It, she got that it, perfect. It's the first banner. time she used it in a in a while too. She got that perfect Bruce Banner tone in. Oh my god, that Bruce Banner tone in. Don't you know the secret? She's always angry. <laughs> you know, she's pissed <laughs> off there, man. Yeah, but I mean that's a kind of cool to see we had what three nxt alum all in the same place yeah and i mean and good. it was cool i think this was uh well maybe the second time oscars basically came home so it was great to see her just everything oh that is such a sad face <laughs> yeah she tweeted you're welcome but this isn't over and she oh, said it's man. only just begun and she put hashtag let's let get extreme hashtag two belts banks hashtag sasha three shows and uh, I feel about the Sasha three, three shows one. So the hell was with Sasha and Bailey showing up in a Jaguar with a dog, like that was her little dog or something. So yeah, I believe that was a uh, Sasha's dog, but that's something. Um, I don't know if you remember Sasha used to do in NXT for big matches. She would show up in a car, but not with a dog. Like, not with a dog. A dog was different. It's weird, you know. But one um thing where I caught Morrow, rare Morrow, when all a mistake here. He'd mentioned that the last time Sasha was a singles competitor in NXT, she beat Bailey. You know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> thank well, you. Thank you for the follow. Trixie Powerful. Thank you for the follow. Welcome. But yeah, it was actually uh, Bailey who beat Oscar, uh, who beat um, Sasha in that Iron Woman match. Yeah, so he messed up there. Yeah, so, rare um, more mistakes, though. Mm hmm. Crazy looking German suplex that Shirai winds up hitting uh, Sasha with. It is like Sasha just folds with some of those moves. Like, holy crap. Gotcha. Very cool. It's Trixie Powerful with Amy Rose. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Um, that nasty spot where Sasha sunset bombs Shirai from the top of the apron to the outside against the plexiglass. Then she just tosses her onto the floor afterwards. <laughs> she threw her so light. It was crazy. It was absolutely. Yeah, I love. Crazy. I love um, when Sasha had Eo in the in the tree of woe, and Eo punched her from underneath, and she tried to go for the meteora, and um, Eo popped up at the last minute and wound up almost going for the moonsault, but landed on her feet. 
Yes, excellent stuff. Overall, it was good. I don't have many complaints here, you know. No, not really many. Just that one not, shit not in, in the middle of the event, but not in that, not in that match. No, the, the event. I, I have complaints across the entire event. Oh. You know, yeah, that was, match was good though. It's the Great American Bash. Save that shit for your your NXTs, and maybe even consider not doing it that. But don't call actually actually give it some kind of promotion. Yeah, don't do Great American Bash last minute. Which Cody, by the way, his father's the one who made it. That's why he was wearing a Great American Bash shirt. And it's just funny you literally put his father's event up against their event that they planned like way ahead of time. They didn't give a shit about the event. They just wanted to take a try. They just wanted to take another failed dig at AEW. Yeah, which sucks. So we know that night two of the Great American Bash is this Wednesday, as well as AEW Fighter Fest night two. As far as night two of the NXT, we have Mercedes Martinez is going up against a mystery opponent. Mia Yim against Candice LeRae in the street fight. Damian Priest against Cameron Grimes. El Legado del Fantasma against Drake Maverick and Brazango. And then finally, the NXT title and North American title both being defended. Winner take yep. all, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. The and first I- ever dual champion will be crowned, which also, side note, congratulations to Adam Cole, who hit over 400 days as NXT champion. Yes, congratulations. So, so he joins, I believe, Shayna Baszler, Asuka, um, Pete Dunne, and Walter as for the few champions who have hit over 400 days. Mm-hmm. All from so- NXT, ironically. Yeah. So essentially, there was an issue where uh, we're not going to talk spoilers here, but apparently something happened where Sarav Gajar, remind me who the fuck that is again? He is one of the two guys in, in this year, that big tag team. Oh, where the they hairy, the hairy dudes? We were supposed to know who they were. The hairy dudes? Yeah, the big hairy dudes in skirts. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to spoil next week for anything, but as you know. It is Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. The winner takes both the NXT World Championship and the TV title. Apparently, this guy, for some reason, put a picture on his Instagram of the victor holding up both titles in celebration last week. And the internet went completely nuts. And WWE is pissed off at this particular hairy dude. And uh, apparently, and we don't know if this is damage control or not. But what's being said by developmental talent E.J. Duca, is that how you say this person's name? They're quoted as saying, we don't run a sloppy shop. Two endings, two stories. Find out next week. So the rumor going around is that, and at least this is a rumor, that WWE deliberately put up that screenshot of that ending to throw people off. And that they actually pulled a Walking Dead Negan and they filmed two different endings of that match so that people wouldn't know which was real. If anyone watched The Walking Dead when we didn't know who killed Negan, there was legit footage that I saw. I think we even played it on here where Maggie got her head bashed in by Negan. Yeah, they they, legit, they they filmed something for every character. They did it with everyone just, to, just so that they could throw people off the scent. So we're hearing, and we don't know if this is damage control, but we're hearing that the leaked picture was deliberate, which I guess we will find out this upcoming Wednesday. But I will say this. Either way, I don't like it. I don't like spoilers and I don't read spoilers, but I also don't like the idea that something that's supposed to be handled like a sport is now being handled like an AMC show. They shouldn't be able to tape multiple endings. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, still treat it like wrestling just because you're taping it. Like, don't fuck with it to that extent. You know? But But see, they're only a sport when it's convenient. Yeah. 
But apparently they taped two endings. So we'll know on Wednesday whether or not what leaked, everyone will know whether the picture of the champion that they saw is the one that actually leaves there with both titles. Yeah. And I mean, either way, no matter what happens, uh, whoever you are out there, goodbye to your non-push. Yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't run a sloppy shop. Two endings, two stars. I love that they use we don't run a sloppy shop. That to me indicates even more that they were salty about what Taz said. They didn't even use it in context to what he was talking about. They right? just wanted it to be known somewhere that they don't run a sloppy shop. <laughs> Nobody spoils endings in AEW, so <laughs> fail. Incredible. Incredible. And that brings us to the results of the Wednesday Night Wars with AEW bringing in a two-hour average of 748,000 fans. Point twenty nine in the 19 to 49 demographic. NXT wins with 792,000 fans. Point twenty two, however, lower in the 18 to 49 demographic. So 40,000 difference. NXT won by about 40,000 more fans. Whereas last week, NXT also won. They had uh, 786,000 versus the 633,000 that AEW had. But once again, NXT winning in the 786,000, but it was only 0.19 in the 18 to 49 demographic. 633,000 for the 0.22. So to explain to anybody how ratings work, because ratings are a funny thing. The reason why we always talk about demographics here is because that's the only ratings that count. And I hate to say this, and it's shitty to say, but if you're below the age of 18 or if you're 50 and above, you don't count. When people try to quantify what sells to people, you're no longer the target demographic. So if all of the people that were 50 and above and all of the people that were 17 and below were to watch AEW and NXT every single week, they never count in any numbers anywhere. 17 and below, 15 and above, you are off of any stats of anybody studying anything. That's ratings. So this is the reason why we say there were 748,000 fans, but they got a point twenty nine. That's how it's possible because people don't understand. Like if AEW had only 748,000 fans, how did they have a higher with the point twenty nine versus NXT that had 792, but they only have point twenty two? That indicates to us that a large percentage of the fans that AEW, that NXT won with were either below 18 or above 50. So although their numbers count towards having a higher viewer set, they don't have higher ratings because the ratings, again, are to 18 to 49. Yeah, even Jericho pointed that out when everybody was just like, he basically called out a lot of the fans who were just like, oh, you're only looking at that number. You're not it's, looking deeper into it. It's a, I, it's really subjective it's you people all of you out there's opinion on how you feel about that because jericho did say that he said here's a lesson about television ratings kids last night aew wrestling was number six in the 18 to 49 demo to tv networks and advertisers it's the only number that matters and we were up 31 percent in that area so once again aew dynamite is the real winner in the wednesday night ratings war so again they're up in ratings they're down in viewership so this is why some people argue the ratings don't matter because they say if the only time the ratings matter is if you're 18 to 49 and if the only time the ratings matter is if you're watching it on live TV and if the only time the ratings matter is when you're on cable and you're turning into that specific channel, not when you're on DVR or downloading it or getting it from another source or watching it on Fight TV or going to the WWE Network. If the only time the ratings matter specifically when you're 18 to 49, turning on the fucking TV and it's when it turns on with the show and you're watching the whole time, this is ratings. Some people's argument is that that leaves out a gigantic portion of the wrestling community. 
It leaves out people who are 17 and below. It leaves out a lot of older wrestling fans that are 15 and above. It leaves out people who are watching on the Fight TV, Fight.TV. It leaves out people who have the WWE Network. It leaves out people who are watching it on DVR. You understand what I'm saying? Or even illegally downloading. It's leaving out. So that's the whole argument of ratings don't matter. But my argument would be, if you're going to say ratings don't matter, say ratings don't matter at all. Don't say that, you know, like Jericho's argument is more that the ratings matter in the 18 to 49 demographic, not the whole viewer demographic, which to me, I don't think any of that shit works right. Because either way, you're not counting everybody. Yeah. There are wrestling fans that are above 50. And there's definitely wrestling fans that are below 18. So that's a real shitty way to measure anything. We kind of keep you guys into the loop with these ratings, not because they matter to us, but because they matter to the networks. I've heard a lot of people who are running podcasts, noobs in podcasting, they're saying, we don't give a shit about ratings. Anybody else don't give a shit about ratings? No, we don't give a shit about ratings. Yeah, fuck ratings. It's kind of like, look, nobody gives a shit about ratings. Newsflash, just because you hear somebody reporting something dick aheads does not mean that they give a shit about it. However, because other people give a shit about it, like the stations, the networks, the USA Network, the NBC Network, who's a parent company of USA, you know, the TNT Network, these companies look at that number and that's what determines the amount of money that they're giving for the resources and the time in which these wrestling companies are using. So whether we believe in ratings or not doesn't change the fact that it has to determine where things are at. So we use it as a determining factor. But I love the way anyone who brings up ratings on their shows automatically now categorizes someone who cares too much about ratings. You don't have to care about it. You just have to understand it. (laughs) There's a difference. So anyway, that's why I wanted to bring up the rating thing here because Jericho brought it out. He brought up his argument of it. And I think it's important that if you're going to have an argument or a stance against something, at least know what you're standing against. That's the problem I have with social media and shit nowadays. Everybody wants to talk about what they're not against without fully understanding why or why they're not for it. You know what I mean? That's how ratings work. I don't think the shit's good because most people do watch and consume a lot more content without sitting in front of their television on their couch with their remote and turning on the television. Like it literally specific circumstances that almost don't exist in today's society have to be met for you to get that rating. That probably rules almost everybody out that's listening to this show. So the system needs to be revised. But Jericho's point, which is accurate, is that the only number that the television companies worry about the TV networks and the advertisers is that 18 to 49 demographic because with their research studies that they do, it shows apparently that a lot of the things, and it's not everything. There are other things that have demographics that are different on other channels. There are things that are for older people, 15 to 65 demographic. However, this determines what advertisers are going to be there. Microsoft and Sony, Nintendo, they want to put their advertisements on when there is something intended for ages 18 to 49 because those are the people that have money that they're willing to spend on Nintendo. If you are 17, you do not have money to spend on Nintendo. You want Nintendo, but the people that have the money for it are 18 to 49. So this is essentially the reason why it matters to the advertisers. They want to know how many people 18 to 49 years old are watching this show because they want to know if it's worth putting their games and their products and their cell phones on at this time. And if it isn't, then they're going to look for another time or another channel where people who are within that age category are watching. That's the only purpose that rating serves. Anyway, what fun shit we talk about on here, right? Oh, yeah. Every now and then you got to educate people. Every... And every now and then you do. Yeah. Okay, what else do we got in the news category to talk about here? We're not staying on here all night. We've, we've been doing good time, actually, though, I must say. Even amongst some of the massive amounts of stories we've had to do the past couple of weeks. 
Yes, even with the massive amounts of stories. Okay, so Kathy Laurinaitis had to undergo brain surgery. Yep. That's fucking scary. Right. For those of you who don't know, that is also uh, the Bella's mom. You would kind of hope that they'd know. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, you never know. Some people out there ain't that bright. So, yes, Kathy Laurinaitis undergone brain surgery. Never realized until I looked at this photo how much she looks like them. Good God. Right. You lucky guy, Johnny Ace. Holy <laughs> shit. There you go. Got a Bella mom. But yeah, she went for brain surgery. Um, I guess there, it's being reported that I guess they thought she had Bell's palsy, but it's a mass on her brain stern, on her brain stem, and she couldn't sleep. Um, oh, apparently this is uh, Bree saying that she couldn't sleep because she was praying all night. Okay, that is crazy. Oh, come on, George, too soon. Anyway, so anyway, she went through the brain surgery, apparently, since then. Let me see what we got here. Yeah, she went through the brain surgery. Nikki tweeted this time, Mama Bella had a very successful surgery. Can't thank you all enough for your prayers, love, light, and beautiful words. Can't wait for my mom to see how loved she is. It's going to mean the world to her. Now prayers for recovery, and thank you to the surgeons who took such incredible care of her. Can't thank you enough. Feeling very blessed and grateful right now. So relieved and happy. Can't wait to squeeze my mom. She'll be in ICU in a few days, but when I can, she's getting a really big hug and kiss. Mr. John Laurinaitis, thank you for being for for being her and our family's rock. We couldn't have gotten through this today without you. Love you. So I'm glad that turned out okay. That's some scary shit brain surgery, you know. Exactly. Ain't nothing to joke with. Good for her, man. Very good. Glad to get some good news nowadays. Right. What else do we got going on here? Okay, the Saudi Arabia thing. Saudi Arabia nights. Like Arabian days. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I do that? (laughs) But yet you want to. It's a wonderful time of the year. I see how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh so basically, the lawyer for WWE, Jerry McDevitt, he filed a motion to dismiss the case about two weeks ago in the district court, Southern District of New York. And apparently the only sources cited in the CAC are two confidential witnesses. Neither of them interacted with the individual defendants participating in negotiation over the MENA rights deal or worked at WWE corporate offices. Declarations provided by defendants prior to the filing, the CAC, and a series of news reports that consist almost exclusively of unsupported content cherry picked from wrestling websites founded on multiple layers of hearsay and unverified statements from Twitter. The allegations are all based on speculation from news reports, such as a wrestling focused website that itself is based on statements by WWE Spanish commentator who is not employed by WWE and who has based his own story on another unnamed party. So they're talking about Hugo Savinovic. If you guys remember, we played his clip on here months ago where he spoke in Spanish about what the hell was going on and how they were there. And they basically said that the so-called media reports also include other ident- unidentified wrestling-focused websites that cite to an individual who was supposedly in contact with the sources in the WWE that stated the Saudis come up short by a couple million dollars every show. And uh, they're from a self-proclaimed wrestling journalist. And this motion is to dismiss all of the claims of false information. So, uh, yeah, they're denying it in, in short here is what I'm seeing. Yeah, trying to make it go away, it sounds like. Do you believe them or do you believe uh do you believe Hugo in regards to the fact that the Saudi Arabian people held them hostage? 
with that plays, I just, I just don't even know anymore. Like, why would what motivation would Hugo have to lie about that? You know, yeah, I have no idea. But of course, it it is typical for them to deny it. You know, yeah, that's what they do with a lot of stuff. They deny everything, so, so that's what makes it even harder to believe on their end too. So he released a statement. I'm gonna bring it up here. Uh, what happened with the wrestlers were in Saudi Arabia? So- Let me see something. Let's try to find the hacking. Y lo que yo dije, yo lo sostengo. Lo voy a traducir, uh, the, there is a lawsuit uh, uh, with WWE, and for some reason, uh, the main lawyer of WWE uh, was trying to discredit my information on uh, what happened when the wrestlers were in Saudi Arabia. So I will try to explain some of that in English. My reputation in the business goes since I was 40 years old, uh, and uh, I debuted as a pro wrestler, and then... Production, creative, uh, color commentary, play-by-play, uh, more than 70 years with WWE. And Vince and everybody knows that I am not a liar. I am a man of God. I am a pastor. I'm a reverend. And uh, 20% of all my money that I make goes to help orphanages. I do not need to get a, a, a like by saying something that is not true. And that was that was given to me as an information. There are other wrestlers that have said that. And they have named even people from WWE. And for some reason, uh, they just got my name on it. And I repeat, this was given to me by people of WWE the same day that this was happening. And, uh, it's very sad because I don't, I don't need to do this to make a like. I don't make money doing this. This is a passion. I use this as a tool to evangelize. And it's very sad. I don't have anything against WWE. I love WWE. They were my family, would always be for 17 years. I have nothing to do with lawsuits. This was given to me and the people at WWE TV studios and headquarters that same day. It was panic mode. And that was like what, what the story was that they held the talent because of a argument between Vince McMahon and, and, and the prince down there. This was the information that headquarters and WWE studios were given. And that's what I was told. And also from a person that I know from Saudi Arabia, from the years that I've been in the business. And he informed me of that, informed me of that. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not making money with this. Everybody's afraid of WWE or obviously everybody's afraid of uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. And I don't think Saudi Arabia has credibility when they kill their own countryman, that reporter in the, their embassy in Turkey. And still today, Nobody has forgotten that. I believe that it was wrong for the WWE to go back there, but I just stated what I was told. I wasn't there. I stated what I was told. Así que lo dije, lo dije en, en, en inglés porque quiero que, que lo sepan. Eh, eh, hay una página eh, mexicana. Well, you get the general idea. Yeah. Oh, it, it's craziness. My God. <laughs> It would look bad if they, if they, they don't like people to talk about anything. That's what I've noticed about this company. You know? Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, that's what makes it hard to believe anything you say. It's like, if you have, if there was no, you have nothing to hide, why is it such a problem when people talk? That's a good, good question. But no other company is really that secretive like that. Maybe that was part of the agreement when they, when they patch things up with Saudi Arabia. Could be. WWE will sign up just by any agreement as long as they're getting paid something. As long as nothing ever makes them look bad, 
I think that's the main thing that they worry about. They're like, we don't want to ever look bad in anything that we do. They do a great job with that so far. Yeah, it just makes them look worse. Because you're right. Like if you <laughs> if there's no secrets, then why then why you need people to not talk? There should be nothing to not talk about. It is it is definitely shadiness. Oh yeah. All right, all right. Let's take take a look here. In other news, what do we got going on? Still looking at our wonderful program here. So the attorney went back with this, and once again, this attorney, uh, McDevitt, Jerry McDevitt, he's quoted as saying, the only thing interesting about this rant is his statement that somebody offered him money to tell this tale. We have sworn affidavits from the people who were actually there and responsible for the character flight, who have explained that the problem was a fuel pump in one of the wings and that a replacement part had to be secured from another city, which took a good bit of time to locate and have flown in. It's really that simple. And he said that the kingdom of Saudi Arabia had nothing to do with the flight delay and that it's a shame that this guy's unsourced fables have detracted from the real significance of that event, which was the first female wrestling in Saudi Arabia. And uh, he said KSA had nothing to do with the delay and that it's a shame that, you know, that happened. They said uh, his whole story is absurd to anybody who really thought about it, including the two, the 200 to 500 million part. He's just trying to get clickbait. He does not want to go to court because he would have to reveal his supposed sources if they really even exist, which he doubts. So in essence, the story comes down to some guy with no personal knowledge of anything who does not want to be cross-examined on his fable versus the sworn testimony of people who were there and in charge of the charter. The problem being a fuel pump in one of the wings, but it's important to note that that it's not just him saying that. The sworn affidavit and the director and commercial charter plane who was on the ground in Saudi Arabia when this all happened, established the KSA had nothing to do with the plane issues. And the closest available replacement fuel they could locate was in Jeddah. And that and that the part had to be secured and shipped to Ryder on a commercial flight, which arrived approximately 18 hours later. What do you think? Whew, I mean, it'd be a hell of a story just to concoct. So it, it's kind of weird because it's like on both sides, you're hearing these diff- you're hearing a completely different story. One side, one side you're hearing, oh, they were, they were basically in a sense kidnapped there because of the falling out Vince had. Whereas now you're hearing this story, and it's like, I, I <sighs> it's fucking nuts. But then like, but then like, like we're saying, WWE kind of shoots themselves in the foot too when they're talking about nobody talk. Like that's their whole mo. Nobody like, talk. Yeah. The problem with a statement like that, the problem with making a move like that is you make yourself look really shaky. And it makes it to where anything on that comes from your side instantly has a little bit of like tainted on it. Doesn't matter. Nobody talk. Yeah, right. Write, Write it, down. it down. Nobody talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Short and sweet. So uh we are hearing that Rey Mysterio is no longer under any kind of WWE contract. Yeah, he's literally going in a sense night to night. I don't think that's a good idea. Terrible. <laughs> Isn't he in like one of their main storylines? One of their main guys? Yeah. You should secure him. You lock him in before you do anything. So um his contract started September twenty eighteen and it expired, according to F four W online. Not good. So yeah, you're right. He's working on the handshake agreement right now. Pretty much like, hey, you gonna show up? Yep. <laughs> Apparently Vince didn't want to give him any more money. And he's uh, totally starving for cash. According to uh Wrestling Observer Radio, 
Mysterio asked for a raise, and Vince said that they don't have the money to do that right now, which is kind of funny when you really think about that. <laughs> what about all the releases to save all that money? Oh, wait, that was just the investor. Never mind. Silly me. Apparently, Vince said, look at the situation we're in, and we just got rid of a bunch of people. Yeah. Interesting. So he just kind of kept them around. In a way, he's still working for without the raise, though. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just that he could quit whenever he wants, but you got to be careful yeah. about that. He could literally dip out the night before before Extreme Rules or whatever they're calling it this week. Yeah. Apparently, Melts is saying that they don't want him leaving because they have the Dominic story that they're working on. When has that ever stopped them? Right. right and sign him under fucking contract. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. And apparently, according to Melts, they've been using him on television for months without a contract. It's not something that just happened this week. They said they basically worked under the... Um, under the agreement of he'll work through this I storyline. But apparently, originally, they were the plan was that if they didn't work out a deal when the I thing first happened, that was supposed to be him being written off. And then they uh then they brought him back. So I don't know. But Melser also said that uh he said that the fact that uh he's not signed and they've got a number that they want and he's got a number that he wants the reality is that they have not met his number and he's not agreeing to their number. And that would tell him that it's amendable to somebody else's number, which that's very good logic there, Mr. Melsa, right. good old Uncle Dave. It is what number is Ray competing? What are they they're competing against? A phantom number is what he's basically realizing here. Ray Mysterio is asking for a certain amount of money. WWE is not willing to give it. He's holding his ground with that number of money. That's usually a sign that there's another place offering him the money that he's asking for. Wonder what that place could be. Well, where else? Lucha Underground, right? Season five. Let's Lucha go. Lucha Underground. This is it. Do I, I mean, have the, uh... he's a former trio champion over there. So no. <laughs> Do I have the uh, the thing for that? Oh, tell me you have it. Tell me you have it. I don't even think that I do. Son of a bitch. Yeah, right. I feel terrible about that. I was waiting for it too. Like I was just like, he got surprised. There. Boom. Like, yeah. Now we we are. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, a lot of people are speculating it's AEW. So that's what it is. AEW will be able to make the money that he wants. They're willing to give him sting money, as Jericho calls it. Remember, that's what that's how Jericho got out of working for TNA, right? Yeah. They came to him. They wanted him to work. And he said, I want Sting money. And they went away. <laughs> that was good. I love that Jericho story. When he told me that I lost it, he was like, he asked for Sting money. <laughs> yeah, I want Sting money. Nah, boo-boo. They just that ended the negotiation fucking right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we call it Sting money. I can't even imagine what they were paying Sting. And I like Sting and everything, man. But don't you kind of feel like in his latter years, he really like fucking raked in from these companies that just wanted that name? And I, you know... He's a good guy, but the sting that we see is never really the sting that, you know, aside from in character, like in the ring, he was never really as impressionable as in his younger years. You know, it was the curl stuff that was cooler. The wrestling, I hate to say, but if you go back and look at the colorful sting, the big muscular guy, that guy was really athletic and his matches were really entertaining. The other thing, not that he's bad or anything, because he's always a great technical wrestler, but it's it was more the curl shit that was more over than the guy. And he certainly wasn't in that sting shape anymore. Remember that time in TNA for like months on end when he wrestled in a shirt? 
he makes the most money in his life as a 50 year old man yeah he did wrestle in a shirt a lot of the time i hate to say it man you know again sting fan here that motherfucker was wrestling in a t-shirt and not for good reasons that motherfucker had the singlet on with a shirt over it seven minutes into his match he looks fucking exhausted half the makeup's running down his face his forehead's just completely (laughs) unmakeuped and my favorite thing used to be when the mat when not even when the face paint ran but when he had like that lock of hair off and you see the you see the paint just flicked off on it you're damn right you should get sting money <laughs> you can get money to go five minutes of burn out you really should it is crazy all right well <gasps> you get to pick you in the chat room get to pick because we have more regular stories that we could always talk about but really at the end of the day we either have to talk about the illness, or we got to talk about the rapists. No way, but want to speak, speak. Do you want to speak, speaking out? Do you want to speak about the vid? <laughs> oh my god, I see what you did there. That's fucked. Speaking out of the vid. Oh god, COVID or COVID? Yo, when you said the vid, I was like, what? None. Say somebody else got to leave. None. You guys, if you guys legit want, I'll stay with regular wrestling stories. We have you a big program. Me. We have a big enough program. We could just ignore all of it. You're not interested in who like got being, suspended or fired? Nothing went off. I feel like areas. being depressed this week, so I mean. You know what? There's not a lot this week. If you guys really want, we could we could just not do it. It won't even be a segment if we were to. Are you shouldn't me? What? The fact that like, it would barely be a segment. Like, you know what, man? It's short enough. The, the, the speaking out stuff is short enough that we can run through it real quick, I think. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, okay, let's get so it out of the way. Joe Coffey and two of the NXT UK refs got fired. I heard, Coffey got, I heard Coffey got suspended. Joe Allen was fired from the company. Oh, sorry. Joe Coffey was suspended and Chris Roberts was fired. And it was due to the speaking out movement. And also Laguerre, Travis Banks, Jack Gallagher, also, as you guys know, gone. Austin Aries, uh, apparently there was a story where he had Red Titus' girlfriend kiss his testicle. What the fuck? Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) What? I mean, you got to give credit if you can even have that happen. Yeah, you gotta give credit. That's a special level of evil, you know. Like that's not just like fucking Papa. That that that's not like Gargamel versus Papa Smurf evil. This is like Voldemort levels of shit. When you have anyway, so he said you had someone. A fan tweeted to him and said you had someone's girlfriend kiss your nuts because you thought LOL water rib. You're a creepy little bastard. Stop being weird. And then uh, Austin Aries replies and completely denies that this happens. He says that it's ridiculous. No, he doesn't. He doesn't deny it at all. He just justifies it. I'm kidding. He didn't deny it. Has he ever denied anything? He says, a rib? No. I was proving a point and teaching a lesson, and it was quite effective. I tell the story in my episode one, be transparency. Jesus Christ. That man basically said, I sack-tapped your woman for You're knowledge. damn like right she kissed my nuts. <laughs> and I'd make her kiss him again if I needed to teach that lesson again. Where do I teach her a lesson next week about the shaft in episode two? Oh my god. What the fuck is wrong with this guy, man? <laughs> what is wrong with this man? Said, Wait till I teach him the shaft in episode two. In episode and, and you this? will too. And you will too, Stacey. That's right, episode three, the boyfriend has to kiss the nut. Oh this is this is high level shit. This is like beyond the kiss my ass club. This is to go even further. <laughs> Oh my god, this is the Cap the Sack Club. This is this is the Kiss My Ass Club. And this is to go beyond the Kiss My Ass Club. Someone called this Kiss My Ass Club too. No, no, no. And this (laughs) Oh 
You see him pulling the shorts to the side. Is that a, is that Aries is nuts? Oh. <laughs> Kiss these nuts. Oh, God. I hope you want to write that down. Like, what is wrong with this guy? I don't <laughs> you judge me for wearing a mask outside, but you had a woman kiss your nuts. Yo, let's talk Dude. about that a little bit. Because he apparently got a lot of heat for that mask shit, right? I haven't seen it yet, but I have some uh-huh. shit here. What is this? Am I going to be surprised? Am I going to be spoiled here? That it's not the same. Heart disease in the United States alone takes 500,000 lives a year. We have just hit that number globally for this virus. Heart disease alone kills 500,000 Americans a year. And people say, well, that's a choice. Well, if you're choosing, if you're choosing lifestyle choices that you know are going to contribute to disease and sickness and dying, why now is the onus on me to take measures to help you and your health when you're not going to take those same responsibilities on yourself? People, listen, we're all in this together. I have no problem wearing a mask, but the mask isn't the solution. And let me tell you that my my big fear is all of you right now, that are out there saying, just wear a mask. What's so hard about wearing a mask? It's easy. It's the right thing to do for the greater good. You guys are missing the point. The point is the mask is or is not the, the root of this virus, and it's not going to be the end of the virus. Dividing people on two sides of their political parties, which I don't belong to any, the blue people all think they're virtuous and wearing their mask and it's the right thing to do because it's compassionate. And the red people are all about their rights and their freedoms. And I shouldn't have to wear a mask if I don't want to wear a mask. Um, I think there's something in the middle. If we're all going to work together to solve this, my point is, ladies and gentlemen, what you put in your shopping cart, what your dietary choices are, what your lifestyle choices are, those are going to impact you far more than if I wear a mask or not. You getting this virus or not isn't a death sentence. There's a lot of people as we're finding out, and I think the only thing that's been consistent since this COVID event started is that there's been a lack of consistency in what they know, in what they report, and what they tell us. It's been masks. It's been save the masks for just the healthcare workers to now everyone should wear masks. So the information keeps changing. I keep going back to personal responsibility. If we're really concerned about staying healthy, let's take a look at our lifestyle choices. Hmm. He's not wrong about the lifestyle choices. Those things definitely do help. You know, I, I mean, personally, I think eating proper, eating clean food, staying away from a lot of sugars and carbs, you know, how I am not drinking alcohol. Yeah. Um, and shit, this is spur of the moment. I'm trying to think of another one that might help. Oh yeah. Wearing a fucking mask also might be useful. When there's a virus afoot, Mr. Aries. You know what I mean? Like wear a fucking mask. I hate these guys where it's like, I love how his logic is just like, what's me wearing a mask going to do? Well, let's see, prevent the rest of us getting fucking sick. It's just simple logic, though. And then people are making up things about, oh, you know, you're actually breathing in your own carbon monoxide and you're making yourself more ill. Doctors wear masks. (laughs) Stupid. Ninjas wear masks or war masks. You know what I mean? Masks do not do that. Stop it. Wearing a mask. One thing, there's no negative points to wearing a mask. And then that shit about I can't breathe pissing me off too. Sure, you can breathe. And listen, don't let them politicize masks. That's a fucking trap. 
The fact that the masks are becoming a, a, a left thing, a Democrat thing, and then a Republican thing. Don't do that shit. Wear fucking masks, man. Trust me. Just wear it. And, and a lot of establishments, it's up to the responsibility of a lot of establishments to make it where you're required. No mask, no service. No different than no shirt and shoes in the fucking South. Yeah. You hear that, Karen? Yeah. It helps. Gonna, of course it helps. I'm going to have Karen heat. Scientifically, it helps. Because that's the way to even, it, it'll even help against the common cold. Because I've always told you guys, there's no such thing as an airborne cold. The, 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 the fluids have to get on a surface and then they have to be passed to either your eyes, nose, or mouth. If somebody has a mask, there's less chance of their fluids going somewhere. And if you keep your hands clean, there's less chance of you putting them in your mouth or in your eyes. So there's almost zero chance. And again, you're talking to somebody who doesn't get sick on a, you, you I have friends that I, I'm coming down with a cold. They'll come down with their summer cold, their winter cold. I've gone years. I've gone years and years and years without even a fucking cold. And I follow this by exactly living the way that people are just living. Now. I've spoken on this show about that before. I feel it. I'm the proof. I'm all the proof that I need that if you stay away from germs, you don't get sick. And a mask fucking helps with that. Trust me, man. Wear a fucking mask. Don't be stupid about this. This isn't about freedom. Like I said before, there might be certain things exaggerated about about the the thing. Who knows? But either way, be careful. Does it hurt to have a little extra precaution? Not in the least. No, but it violates my rights. No, it's like if you have a fire extinguisher in your house and people like don't have a fire extinguisher. What do you think? There's going to be a fire? There's hardly ever any fires. Have a fucking fire extinguisher. Put on your seatbelt. Have your airbag. Oh, but I'm never gonna crash. I'm a good driver. You fucking right. Like you're throwing you on. It's not because we expect bad things. It's because we're trying to prevent them. It helps. Why do? We, it's like it's weird that we live in a world we have to explain to this shit to people. I personally, I wear a mask when I go out uh, to help with others and to help with that. But just because I understand the way germs travel, and if there is, if we can minimize anything, then it definitely helps. And you know what? You're speaking to a New Yorker. You know what? You know what's flat around here? The curve, motherfuckers. The curve is flat because we wore masks. <laughs> We wore masks. You know what? You know who didn't wear masks? Florida. They had a party out there. They did spring break. They were all dancing in the fucking water. It looked like the the opening of a level of Max Payne 3 with the parties and shit that were going on in this world. Okay. And you know what? They all fucking paid for it. Just like in Max Payne 3. I can't believe you Max Payne 3, Florida. I feel like every fucking episode, every, every level in that game started with a big party. You notice that? Yeah. Every, every, every single one. You know, I need, to make, I need them to make that game backwards compatible just so we can prove that point. No, it's funny. Isn't it weird that the places that wore masks and buckle down, we had it the worst out here. We're done. Guess what? They celebrated 4th of July. Everything's nice and shit is nice and normal here. Everybody else is going through things while shit is nice and normal. You keep believing that fucking non-mask mentality coming from the, the former, former epicenter, former epicenter, because we are not the epicenter anymore. And a lot of that comes from masks and social distancing. I hate to say it, but I feel like as a minority and with a co-host that is considered a minority, I have the right to say this on the show. I've heard many places talk about how it's a conspiracy because in a lot of neighborhoods, the people that are most affected by this illness are the minorities. And this is just an observation, not a judgment. But when I when I'm traveling between boroughs, when I'm going from Brooklyn to Queens to Manhattan, when I am on the trains on the streets, the only time I ever see somebody not wearing a mask, in my experience, happens to be a minority. Yep. Every time I see white people, they are bundled down like if it is December 24th and they're doing last minute Christmas shopping. They are fucking six feet away. They are wearing a mask, a helmet, a windshield. They have the overshield from Halo 3. They are not fucking around out there. <laughs> they are not fucking around. They got the kite spell from South Park. They're so fucking bundled out there that if there was a shootout, they would just run behind some of you. 
that's the shield you're charging, by the way, for anyone who doesn't play Halo. <laughs> like, so I'm not judging. I'm just saying that I notice when I go out, the people that I see not wearing masks happen to be minorities. Okay. Yeah. Like myself, like Dustin, and I'm wearing a fucking mask. So I'm, I'm just doing the simple math here. It's all about the numbers. We're not in January yet, but it's all about the numbers. And I'm just saying, speaking to you, there. speaking to you from the flat side of the earth. People said that the earth isn't flat. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? New York is. <laughs> We're flat as we could be right now. And that's from following simple instructions that, that your philosophical views should not have anything to do with. This is, and I've, I've been with you guys through this whole thing. And this is not me not questioning the validity of how serious this is. This is just me acknowledging that there is something, whether it's serious or not. I tweeted earlier today about a woman who fell off of the Grand Canyon. I thought that shit sucks. That doesn't mean everybody falls off of the Grand Canyon, but it means that people are. And it means that I am not going towards the fucking ledge. As a matter of fact, I think I'll just put up a Grand Canyon wallpaper if the urge ever fucking passes me because I don't even want to be there because I don't want to die. And even though less people die than live, people do die. So this isn't me talking about numbers when it comes to the the virus. It could be a small amount, but I don't want to be in that small amount any more than I want to fall off of the Grand Canyon. And just because there is an amount, I'd rather wear a fucking mask. That's all that it is. We could be wrong. And it could be that there's a big amount. It doesn't matter what the amount is. It matters that there's an amount. So it's just crazy when I hear people doing it. Why not fucking wear a mask? Because it violates their rights as an American. This is like that. that this is like that. Don't worry, baby. I'll pull out mentality. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like that's oh that's, my god! That's really your percentage. That's really your chance. Oh. That's, that's your dice roll here, bro. Super saying, so you guys are my therapy through this. You know, well. you know what, man? It's it's just the truth, though. Like, it does it kill? Does it really kill? Like, I I I do it without hesitation. And then I always see people that I've always told you guys. Sometimes the media has more information than we do. I always see people outside they wear the mask outside they wear it the way number android 17 wears his mask like around their, their neck and chest <laughs> you know around their face they're rocking the android look but then when they go inside they'll use it and i don't have anything against it because i feel like as long as you're distancing you don't need to keep it on the whole time but i can't help but notice that all of the reporters keep that shit on outside they don't take no chance with y'all Hi, we're reporting from the middle of Times Square at 2 a.m. As you can see, there is no one around, but it sounds like this. Hi, we're reporting from the middle of Times Square. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are not taking chances in the middle of nowhere with no one around. And they have more information than we do on a regular basis. Just wear a mask. Oh, my God, Sugar Chain looks like a Cobra Commander. That's amazing. That's great, man. I just have a generic black mask, a couple of generic black masks. Um... I was thinking of getting some other kind of masks, but I don't know. WW didn't do good at advertising. If anything, they told me I don't need one, so fuck them now. I have to find another right. company's mask to wear. I don't know how many masks I saw tonight, so I wouldn't pay that much attention. But Yeah, but like I said, I'm on neither side of the spectrum. I'm not fully... I, I do believe, and I've told you guys before, that there is some something funny about the uh, virus. I feel like the the funny thing is that it's been politicized, much like mask wearing, where some people... It's, it's become a left or a right thing, whether or not you believe in the virus. It's become a left or a right thing, whether or not you wear masks. The problem is we're in a culture that always politicizes everything. And that's scary because when you politicize life-threatening things, you fuck up humanity. You know, I think an early sign of that years ago, it's become common culture now, but an early sign of that years ago is when people started politicizing vaccines. You know, it's like if you're, whether you're left or right, determine whether you believe in vaccines or not. Hello? Vaccines? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> that shit. That whole thing about like your who was it that that said that shit about I'm gonna shake hands with everybody. It was Loki. Right? I'm gonna shake hands with everybody like my ancestors before me and let our germs and immune systems build up. It didn't work that way, actually, dude. We came up with penicillin, motherfucker, and then we came up with vaccines. Before penicillin and vaccines, everybody was dropping dead. Didn't Doc Holiday die of fucking tuberculosis or some shit? I think so. You know, even in the West, even the bad motherfuckers in the Wild West were dropping like flies. And and, that, and Remember that's Arthur an era, Morgan? No. Yeah, and, and that's in an era where you can shoot and get more likely killed. Yeah, look at Arthur Morgan. A game about Western, spoiler alert here, but listen, a game about killing ends with fucking tuberculosis because they didn't have fucking, they didn't have any vaccines, they didn't have any penicillin yet. So do they not use the fucking logic. It, they, Follow, they, gave, they gave you some shit back then to make it a little less shitty. Yeah, exactly. They gave you shit <laughs> so it's less shit. Follow science. Doctors wear masks. You should too. Jesus. Just in case, man. Just in case. These are the same motherfuckers who will tell you every single year that the that the Mayan calendar got it wrong and that the earth is now supposed to be ending in two weeks and then they'll take all precautions. But they so. but they won't wear a mask for something that could potentially end the earth. You know, at least end humanity. Unbelievable, man. Come on, Austin Aries. Stop having people fucking kiss your balls and then not wear a mask. Right. I still ain't forgiving you from battle for battle for war either. Unbelievable. Yeah, like what a what a fucking jerk, right? The dude's always been a douche. No matter where he's gone, that's no problem. That's, that's why nobody likes to work with him. Like that's one of the reasons why nobody likes to work with him. Aside from that, and the and the vintage ball kissing. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean, people he sacked half the fucking impact. Half my name is Austin Aries. Fucked. I'm just saying, maybe it's his, maybe it's his answer to the fucking Randy Orton handshake. Ethan Page, um. Uh, apparently a fan on social media said that remember there's the impact wrestling champion they wanted ethan page to face austin aries in a match and he said i'll never work with him this tiny moron wrestled two 20 minute main event pay-per-view matches with men twice his size and just nipped up afterwards he has no respect for wrestling and happily open hand slap his little ass backstage though reminds him he never actually beat anyone for real ouch any kind of reference and i mentioned the bound for glory thing where Morrison hit him with the move and then he just fucking kipped up and walked away afterwards. There was like no selling. I remember we played that shit on here. Yeah, yeah. luchadors have been prepared, right? Except their mask up cover them everywhere except where it needs to. The only people mm-hmm. who were prepared were Sub Zero and Scorpio. Yeah. Oh no, Saint Carlos who was already. Yeah. Kane, ironically, remember Kane? Yeah. This is this is when you know you live in Bizarro World. Oh, this is great. I lost my shit. So Kane opted against mask for his for his state, right? That man said, no, I have been under a mask for years. I won't go back again. Knox County Board of Health votes seven to one to mandate a mask ordinance for anyone inside certain buildings. Mayor Jacobs is is the only nay. Board will reevaluate the order at its next meeting. He's the only nay. So to be clear here, and this is something that uh, it's important that a lot of you understand. When someone is uh, anti-mask mandate, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're anti-mask. And just from what I know of Glenn Jacobs, I would say that he is anti-mask mandate. What he is saying is that in his state, you can't force people to wear masks in buildings. I don't know whether or not I agree with that. That's subjective. But what he's saying, that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't wear a mask. That doesn't even mean that he doesn't think you should wear a mask. It means that he doesn't want to enforce people wearing a mask. So pretty much like if you try to go into a grocery store or something, they can't throw you out because you don't have a mask on. Right. So there's different kinds of stuff happening with the uh, with that situation, you know, different perspectives. 
not everyone's going to be, not every single situation is going to be exactly the way that you would hope. So as far as the WWE goes with masks, let's see what we have here. They basically are handing out fines now. You get a $500 fine the first time you're caught without a mask. You get a $1,000 fine the next time you're caught without a mask. They should find them for each wrestler every single time that they had didn't have a mask up to today. <laughs> They'd be out of money. And basically, uh, this is for everybody. And oh, it caused confusion because, uh, you know, first they were told not to wear a mask and they were told to wear a mask. Now they're told they'll get a fine. It's like the whole thing reversed on them. You know, and apparently it's being reported by Fightful that uh, there was a wrestler that came to Vince about proper measures not being taken and shit and them being worried about health. And this is what made Vince turn around. Not all of the bad fucking media and publicity and everything else that they were getting, you know. And then the, uh, there was a leaked message. There was a leaked message to NXT superstars at the Performance Center that said, as a reminder, wearing masks, sanitize, sanitizing and social distancing will be required at a performance center at the Performance Center this week and going forward. You will be required to wear a mask upon entering and we ask that you adhere to these requirements in order to maximize risks, to minimize risks rather. So, now you can get your ass fined. I love how you did it in the secretary voice though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So here is my problem with WWE right now. And I don't even feel comfortable reporting this because I don't like the idea that people can get ideas. But as you know, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, they all have restrictions on them. If you're coming from Florida or Texas or any of those hot zones that aren't flat like us who wear masks, then uh, you have to quarantine for two weeks before we let you in. Part of this has to do with the fact that 260 out of 500 employees at the Orlando airport tested positive. Half of the fucking employees at the airport tested positive. Okay. So a lot of people in order for you to travel outside, if you're from Florida, Texas, and you want to go to certain places, you need to do the two week quarantine, which WWE doesn't like. So what they're doing is, uh, they're flying to and from Philadelphia. And then what they do is when, once you get to Philadelphia from there, it's up to you as the wrestler to figure out how you're going to get to where you're supposed to be. This is being described as a mess. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. Now, I don't give a fuck about how much of a mess it is for them. I give a fuck about the fact that they're doing this in the first place. I don't care that they're being inconvenienced by doing this. This is a loophole that you were doing. And it is exactly how you are going to fuck us over, you stupid, irresponsible, shit company. Think about what they're doing. We have restrictions up so that people don't bring that shit from Florida over here. So you fly them into a Philadelphia airport, and then from there you got to figure out how to get them into New York, New Jersey, or wherever. Which means whether they take a car or Uber, you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Like they're slipping through the cracks because you're they're going to the closest state that doesn't have a two-week quarantine. And then from there trying to figure out like a grounded way to travel. If you've ever played an RPG, it's the equivocal of needing to get somewhere by fast travel. You can only get to the fast travel and then from there you got to walk to wherever you're actually going. That's what those motherfuckers are doing. And I don't like that because they're using Philadelphia as their fast travel point and then get to places like New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, which is going to affect us. That's literally illegal. Literally. It's literally against the fucking law. Like the mayor of our of our state actually put that in, you know, where you can get a ten thousand dollar fine if they catch you out here without a fucking two week quarantine. It's stupid that they would even try some shit like that for wrestling. They don't they don't care. They have never cared. They never will care. 
And apparently, we're even hearing. You can't defend the dumb shit they do anymore. We're hearing from Pro Wrestling Sheet that are. More people have tested positive within WWE for 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 the virus. They said that it, that fifteen hundred tests were distributed throughout June, and there are a lot more positive tests coming back now. And they're trying to strategically smuggle people through Philadelphia to here. Fuck off! Damn know, right? incredible. <laughs> yeah, some live events were canceled because of it. Oh, the Phantom Undertaker. Yeah. Oh yeah, when you broke his orbital bone. Yeah, that one. They're still anxious to get back to live events. Oh, fucking course, right? You know, it doesn't even really make any sense to me. No other company is this stupid. No, and then again, this no. is what happens when you have your head up your ass for 20 plus years. And then other people come around and just don't do dumb shit. Like. And and according to Meltzer, they're, they're determining on a case-by-case basis whether or not people who are staying home due to this are having their contracts frozen or not. Like, for example, people like Sami Zayn, there's a possibility his contract might be frozen this entire time. But people like Roman Reigns that they don't want to piss off, they'll probably just unfreeze it and let that time go, you know. So it's it, there should be a universal way of handling this, not on a case by case basis. Which also doesn't involve fucking people's money. And in the meantime, their their taping schedule came out. According to Pulse Wrestling, this is their taping schedule at the Performance Center, which will be fr- Friday, July seventeenth. They will tape SmackDown for that night and two five live. Sunday, July nineteenth, they'll do the Extreme Rules pay per view. Monday, July 20th, they'll do Raw tapings for that night and the following week. And they'll do main event and the Raw talk, which is coming back. Tuesday, the following day, they'll do SmackDown tapings for July 24th and 31st, plus 205 Live. Wednesday, July 29th, they'll do the NXT tapings for that ninth and that night and the following week, August 5th. Monday, August 3rd, they'll do Raw tapings for that night and the August 3rd and the August 10th episode plus main event and Raw talk. Tuesday, August 4th, they'll do SmackDown tapings for August 7th, the following weeks, August 14th plus 205 Live. Wednesday, August 12th, they'll do NXT tapings for that night and the following week of August 19th. Monday, Monday, August 17th, they'll do Raw tapings for that night and the SmackDown of the August 21st plus Raw talk main event and 205 Live. Saturday, August 22nd, they'll do an NXT takeover. Sunday, August 23rd, they will do a SummerSlam. And we'll be here to tell you who got sick after that. Yeah, of course we'll be here. And then <laughs> that's the part of the table they don't tell you about. August twenty fourth, Monday, August twenty fourth, eleven thirty p.m. We'll be here to tell you who's dead and who's alive. Exactly. So stay tuned for that shit. Oh man, amazing. See, look at that. We got to talk a little bit about about everything, really. Yeah. It's not looking good. We'll have to talk about that a little bit more. But with the speaking out stuff, it's not looking great for Matt Riddle. Not gonna lie. Don't know if you've been keeping up with this. But, yeah, um, I heard like what something like a picture came out or something. Yeah, Candy Cartwright, who's Matt Riddle's accuser. Yeah, so basically the one that we talked about before, where he warned them of her ahead of time. Yeah, she released a couple of pictures of him. Let me see if I can find them here. Oh God. However, these pictures indicate that they had a relationship it doesn't really indicate that she's being she doesn't look assaulted in there no it's you see that picture right there just tells me okay crazy ass girlfriend she doesn't look assaulted <laughs> obviously he was cheating she doesn't look assaulted though doesn't look assaulted here either non-assaulted she doesn't look assaulted no where's the one she looks assaulted she looks really happy right. look at looks he's holding on to him he's not holding on to her she doesn't look assaulted yeah. he looks more assaulted than she does yeah he's assaulted Matt Riddle got assaulted. Look at this shit. Ridiculous. You should report her, Matt Riddle. Look at how tight she's clenching your fucking arm. I don't know that. I'm just saying that these don't look 
assaulting photos. It looks like there was definitely some infidelity. That's his business of beating it, him and his wife. His wife it, 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 it literally just looks like, once again, okay, this bitch is crazy. Look at She's this assault, bad because. Look at this assault right here. Yeah, look at that. She assaulted, like, just assaulted his face. I need some assault when I get off this show. Oh. Assault and vinegar chips. I need some assault. Write it down. <laughs> you know, like assault. <sighs> Salted all over the place. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, all right. Well, we still have a few more minutes that we can talk about whatever here. You guys want to talk about the news? Or do you want to run down the last SmackDown and Raw? I mean, it's been a minute, so I am definitely down for the last SmackDown. The last SmackDown. All right. I'll, I'll talk about it yeah. briefly. Which uh, uh, actually, well, to briefly get into the week before. Uh, the whole thing with the Undertaker, I do like that it was Jeff Hardy that did uh the kneel in the middle of the ring. Very fitting with everything else to have been through. So, yes, very cool. Yeah, that that, that had a lot of meaning for a long term wrestling fan like me. Like, yeah, definitely roll into this week's SmackDown. So, yes, I was just looking at my program. I'd mean to leave you hanging in the air like that. Oh no, you good? I got scared. I was like, oh Jesus, oh no, no. Jesus. Looking at my program, man. I promise. <laughs> Like, I got scared. I was, I was like, wait a minute. Whenever you guys <laughs> hear me get quiet, don't freak. I have a bunch of, remember, I'm running everything. This is, this is like literally me behind a whole bunch of controls. Uh, I, got, I got scared. I, I thought Crazy Riddle Girl got him too. Like, I got scared, yo. I like, I like, Phil, I like Matt Riddle being a very philosophical bro. Like, he talked about why he didn't right? wear shoes. It was like, man, this is some deep shit. And he just talked about how uh, he got frostbite on his feet and they were almost going to cut off his feet. And it's a reminder to him that you can lose it all at once and everything. And uh, <laughs> I'm just like, holy me. shit, man, what a philosophical bro this is. And then to top off that philosophy in the mid match, he winds up hitting Corbin with a flip flop. Flop you, bro. <laughs> write it down Pop. that is great flip flop that motherfucker <laughs> you can't write this shit people you cannot it gave more meaning to that shit when he hit right. him with it, it was like yeah he hit you with his flip flops man you just got flopped uh, having AJ Styles bring it via satellite during the uh, Drew Gulak match versus uh, I mean I'm sorry having Daniel Bryan bring it via satellite during the uh, the Drew Gulak match Wait a minute, I got scared. I, I really thought we were going to have buffering Daniel Bryan. I was ready for it. Yeah, I I, um, I don't know how I felt about that. Like, what was your opinion on that happening? Thank you it for was, the whole Uncle Louis TV. It was weird, like, just for it to come out of nowhere like that. Like, I feel like if somebody's going to bring it via satellite, you got to have way more setup for me. Like, you can't just have that come out of nowhere. And just him talking, you know, it's just a little bit strange. It just reminds me that he's not there. Like, I wouldn't have thought about him not being there as much if they didn't keep cutting to him not being there. Yeah, that that's like that that's I think what bothered me the most was like I'd forgotten that he hadn't been here. And it's like why are you just bring this back into my life? Like I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know. The whole SmackDown had that awkward vibe to it. You can tell that they're they're like in denial about the situation that they're in because you can tell how much improvising they did in order to even make that SmackDown possible. You know? That to me was one of the, the most telling things about it. Okay, WWE in denial. Yeah, but post match we did have AJ Styles do a video here. Let me bring this up and see what we got. AJ, congratulations on the victory tonight. Was there ever any doubt in your mind that you would come out on top tonight? Never a doubt. You see, that last match I had with Gulak, it was a fluke. Everybody knows that. Everybody. 
If I do what I do best, and that's getting that ring and perform, I cannot be beat. You see, that's that's the thing. I think most of these guys are jealous because I'm going to have this championship for as long as I want. And I plan on having it, oh, I don't know, until I retire, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I could. You know why? Do you know why? Uh, come on, everybody knows why. Everybody knows why. I'm not even going to say I'm not saying it. It's because I'm phenomenal. That's why. Idiot. <laughs> Asia, you won the match. You don't have to be so angry. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, like, what's your wrong? What's the heat for? So, Bailey and Sasha, they just had a good old time. They are becoming the best thing about, <laughs> about the whole, the whole fucking show, to be honest with you. You know, like, they're, they're uh, little ass kickers there. The freaking Sasha Taker face killed me. Yeah, they talked about how, how Undertaker gave them props. They, we prefer to call him Taker. I thought that they're doing a really good job with their heel stuff. Look at this. This is the video package that they uh that they put out of themselves. <laughs> it's very rare that you get to see somebody put out this dramatic of a video package. And it's ironic because it does work. She's been champion. Like, how long has she been champion? I don't know. I've lost Over track. a year. It's ridiculous. Anyway, Money in the Bank was a year. Unstoppable. Unbeatable. First ever. Women tag team champions. The golden role models. Bailey and Banks have dominated everybody to step in their path. For the second time in their careers, they're tag team champs. We do it for the glory. One shot, no stopping now. We do it for the glory. You know what it means to be a once in a generation talent? She sold out the Barclays Center. One of the first women to headline Helena Cell. One half of the first ever women's tag team champions. Ding dong, hello? I'm not lonely because I've got my best friend, Sasha Banks. You witnessing the greatest, she I'm in the flesh. And that's true. Got the crowd going crazy when we pass through. We do it for the Greatest tag team all time. The blueprint, Sasha Banks. She's the role model. She is Bailey Dose Straps. It's so heavy. What makes Bailey such a great champion? She has carried the SmackDown Women's Division on her back for over a year. Bailey was the first ever Women's Grand Slam champion. Most women in the locker room could never ever dream about that. The closest that they'll ever get to a Grand Slam is a greasy breakfast at Denny's. <laughs> is she better than Trish Stratus? Yes. John Cena, without a doubt. Lita? Absolutely. And I've never seen anybody as good as Bailey. We do it for the Represent our friendship. Our friendship is unstoppable, unbeatable, unconquerable. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Too good, man. Too good. See, that's what happens when you stick with something. Right. Because, damn it, I thought it was a disaster, and them bitches sold me. Good for you. Bailey is very talented. 
she is having the best like calendar year of her entire career. That girl has been on fire. She finally came into her own. Yeah. You know, so glad we still have that. And I love that sarcastic little promo that they did. She was great. <laughs> yeah, really good stuff. You know, and uh, apparently Booker T on his show, he said Bailey is the quintessential worker. She can go out there and she may not be great at anything, but she's good at everything. And then Sasha Banks tweeted to him and he said, uh, we're better than Harlem Heat. Now, can you dig that, sucker? <laughs> <laughs> They said they're better than Harlem Heat. They said they were better than the Hardys. They just went down the list of tag teams. Like, we're better than all of you guys. I think at one point they said they were better than the sex gods. And I was like, come on, man. Yeah, I saw that on social media, too. Ironically, they said they're better than the sex gods. I didn't bring it up because that story of them saying, of her tweeting that they're better than the sex gods was like hours before the Sammy Guevara stuff came out. Bad timing, Sasha. Right. Good timing, depending on how you take it. And then we had the Jeff Hardy thing at the end. Couple of things I have an issue with. So what was this shit called again? It was like a toast to Jeff Hardy. A toast Jeff to Jeff Hardy. Hardy, right? Number one, why would Jeff Hardy come to a toast for him? All right, man, I'm here for the toast. I know Seamus is an asshole, but you know what That's I mean? Not like, what the fuck is going on? Why would you show up to this? He's a bad guy. He hates you. He's doing evil things. You showed up for his fucking toast. You think he's really going to toast you? Plus, you don't drink. And fucking Seamus toasted it via satellite. That's another thing. Exactly. He Seamus brought it via satellite. It was a toast via satellite. How weird. And I guess that has to do with the COVID. I don't know if he's sick or avoiding, but there you go. Your overall thoughts on SmackDown. Anything else? I mean, when it comes down to that, oh, hell yeah. Like, fucking, it, <laughs> <laughs> I officially deemed it. That's the bit. Every time somebody brings it via satellite, it sucks ass. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, once again, Bailey and Sasha. God bless them. So. Jesus Christ, like, I'm tired of them beating this Jeff Hardy has a pass thing into the ground. We fucking know. It's only been on, like, every Jeff Hardy documentary I've seen in, like, the last six years. Yep. So SmackDown brought in almost 2 million, 1.7,765 million viewers. Um, they had a 0.5 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, whereas last week they had a 0.7 rating. So they have dropped. That brings us to last week's Raw, because we don't have this week's Raw yet. They brought in a, a 1.735 million viewers, almost 200,000 fans, very similar to uh, SmackDown, which was uh, eh, pretty solid. Pretty solid numbers right there. Yep. I don't have the uh, the rating as far as the demographic in front of me for that one. Anyway, Raw. I really don't have much to say about Raw. Dolph Ziggler bringing back Fired Heath Slater to confront Drew McIntyre. Drew squashing Heath, then getting mad at Ziggler and attacking him for having to get his ass whipped by by uh, <laughs> McIntyre made even less sense. Which apparently, um, for some reason, this was his legit send off. Yeah, that was a one off. They just brought him back. Yeah, for. he's not hired with the company. I mean, he looks great. He looks. Freaking it's no jacked, different but... though. That WWE does it all the time though. They'll bring people who aren't with the company back to do cameos. It's no different. It's just that this is more recent. But yeah, it was just a one off. Uh. Orton grabbing Garza's face during that match and basically telling him, get your act together. And it's funny because his voice just kept getting meaner and mean. He was like, get your act together. He was like, I know you grew up in the business. You grew up in the business. He said, well, guess what? You know what? I have a special place in my heart because for you because you grew up in the business. Now get your act together. <laughs> like, so he came at him like a stern parent. He really fucking that did. That just that is tell you to act right and get your damn grades up. 
Like, I was expecting the belt. So after the match happened, what was happening with, with uh, so Ric Flair and Randy Orton are talking backstage, and R-Truth runs right into Randy Orton mid-sentence. Bang! Ugh, and Orton's like, hey! And I'm thinking, oh, shit, he's going to kick R-Truth's ass. And then R-Truth looks over at uh, Ric Flair, and he's like, for the dirtiest player in the game, you sure clean up good, and you ain't fooling me, Tozawa. Disguising yourself like the nature boy. And then the ninjas and Tozawa come and they're like, he's like, ah, oh, two Tozawas. And he runs away. Then the ninja, then when the ninjas and, uh, Tozawa run, Orton stops them. Hey. And he's like, oh, we're looking for, we're looking for, uh, you know, we're looking for him. We're looking for our truth. And then he goes, he went that way and he points them in the other direction and they all go running. He's like, thank you. And then they all go running. And then him and Rick Flair look at each other and they kind of shrug. That was a weird moment, right? Like for a baby face, he helped our truth there. He saved him from the ninjas. I'm like, all right, cool beans. Huh? I never thought that I'd see R Truth and Ric Flair saving. I mean, Ric Flair and uh, Randy Orton saving R Truth from ninjas. Yeah, all right, welcome to 2020. Yeah. Um, the Iconics beat the Weave out of Ruby Riot. <laughs> they really did. That's what you really in and that girl has beat not the won Weave out of you, motherfucker. Back? No, she's had a bad losing streak. She she's lost bad... twelve straight matches, I believe it is. She's had such a bad losing streak that she's defaulted back to babyface without any storyline. That's what happens when you get yeah. your ass kicked long enough in wrestling. If you don't know this, kids, you get your ass kicked so much that you just default to babyface because the only people that, she beat that... were her friends. You know what the funny thing is? That's how MVP turned babyface. Yeah, you just get beat. He was losing for guy. six months straight. Yeah. And he finally beat the big show and everybody was pouting he was a face. Yeah, look at that, man. You get the Piccolo and Vegeta baby face turns. Oh, my God. You can either get your ass whipped or be good. You're going to have to Either way, you will be a face. <laughs> One way or another, you're going to behave. <laughs> we can beat you there or you can get there. <laughs> like Mr. McMahon used to say, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Remember when he used to say that oh. shit? Oh, my God. I remember like when that. he was like the wrestling mobster. He was like the wrestling she, godfather. She was, she was like the mafia. <laughs> Anything else on Roy you give a shit about? Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny how WWE talks about they don't copy AEW whatsoever, but they announced at Extreme Rules after winning a tag team match. Uh, it will be Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Eye for an eye. Like, we didn't yeah. just watch Santana and Moxley do this shit. But I they never thought about that. Them. You're right. They, they did do the eye thing after AEW. They're, oh, shit. I'm telling you, like they're, they they <laughs> think about that. They are the worst liars because at least what AEW does it, it's kind of subtle, and luckily we're smart enough to figure it out. WWE just like you know what? No, I for now, which we don't even know how this match is supposed to work. They didn't explain it. That's crazy. I just this raw happened. This raw existed. Uh, what do you think about the new United States Championship? Because apparently that's what it's going to look like now. I like it. Is there? And as a matter of fact, I feel bad that you I don't have an image. Let's get that up on the screen before we get out of here. Let me see if I can. You find know what? It. You know why I like it. It kind of looks, and I don't know if you caught this. It looks kind of similar to the old WCW US title, the big gold. Yeah, it looks when you kind of look at it and you really get a good look at it. I see little hints of the old uh, WCW US title. Maybe that's just me, but I mean, first off, the one thing I'm glad of is that it just, uh, they didn't just do what they usually do. And hey, we're going to make it look like the other 15 world titles look all like the world title. It's going to be a big red W. Yeah, that's, that's, that's literally what I expected. <laughs> and when I saw that, when I saw, um, basically MVP and Lashley unveiled it, Cruz wasn't even there tonight. But they um they showed it and I saw it under the curtain and I'm looking like, oh man, it's going to oh, it's gonna be big W again. But it wasn't. And it looked 
It looked good, which I wanted to be in Ricochet and uh, Cedric came out and jobbed out. And then, right, what well, well, they turned into later on an uh, MVP approach, Cedric, and it looks like they're possibly teasing Cedric. They're possibly splitting up that irrelevant team and then Cedric joining up with them. So. Oh, wait, I thought that they were, this was going to be a thought this was going to be a video of it, but apparently not. There's something talk, someone talking over it. Yeah, that's pretty much what it looks like now. So. I'd like to get a nice <laughs> close shot of it. Yeah, which apparently I guess this thing's already available for sale on WWE.com. Of course it is. What do you mean? For like four hundred and thirty fucking dollars? I was like, no, boo boo, no, not 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 at all. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm surprised that WWE doesn't have the video of that segment up. That would involve them actually paying attention to stuff, though. So, out of all the things that they could put up, you know, maybe they do, and I'm just not seeing it yet. But yeah, I'd like to get a look at it before we uh, close shop here for today. Let me see if I can. Okay, I think I possibly found somewhere that shared uh, the found, image. I found it on. I found it on their their site. Give me a sec. They did have it up. My bad. Oh. Just gotta bring it up on here. But yeah, that title's gone through a lot of different in- incarnations. Uh, I haven't really ever seen one that I dislike of it. You know, for I think this is only like when it comes to the, the belt entire distance, I think it's only really the third version. We had the black one. We had the white one. Um, yeah, because we because we had that one in WCW, and then no, when they, they brought were, they, they resurrected they, it. If you go back though, like probably even before we existed, there were fucking tons of IC belts. Yeah, yeah. I guess when it comes to like the Intercontinental and the United States Champion, the Intercontinental has definitely changed the most between those two mid card belts. But roll, please. It looks good. This is a United States championship that befits a legend like myself. And I can't wait for John Cena to come back and win it and make it spin. I can't wait (laughs) to beat Apollo Crews at Extreme Rules, the horror show, so that we can just go ahead and make this official. Yo, MVP, where's your head at, man? You're rolling with me. And if you're rolling with me, it's official when I say it's official. So, without further ado, why don't we just do it right now and crown your United States champion, yeah. MVP. Isn't it bad? Like, why Why is MVP the title holder and no, you're the mouthpiece now? Here. What happened? It's just Can you believe it? Wait, we're crowning that's, him that's a champion. So Byron. Like, everything, everything's wrong in this fucking thing. That's, oh, this oh. fucking company, man. It's kind of funny because it wanted to be in a brief... Uh, I don't even know if it's necessarily call it conversation in the chat room when uh, the whole thing with Ricochet and Cedric Alexander showed up. Cool was mentioning the fact that they shouldn't break that team up because it's working. That team's not working. It's the first time we've seen them in two months. They got beat that first time in two months. It was just a way to get rid of motherfuckers, man. Yeah. Because like, if, if they break that team up and Cedric joins up with uh, MVP, that's Cedric being in some kind of a role actually doing something. So. And then realistically, that's what a lot of these guys need right now is just a way to be a part of something. But I think he, he, he's approached him. He's approached uh, Shelton Benjamin. So <sighs> it, it, it's weird where this whole thing is going to go. Yeah. And of course, we had Nikki Cross who distracted Bailey during her match that she had against Oscar. Right. That was fun. That actually that was kind of funny. Yeah. Bailey. So Bailey. So get that shit scared out of her. I'm amazing. 
Mm-hmm. And then she she had something to say after the match. We, we're going to make a little bit more time for her because she's just too entertaining to to like. Right, not, not, <laughs> you can't not daily segment now. But we will not disrespect Bailey by not doing that. Come on. Obviously, the match didn't go as you hoped, and I was just wondering: was your opponent at horror show at Extreme Rules, Nikki Cross, a distraction tonight? Oh my God, the match didn't go as planned, huh? Oh, because you think because I lost the match that that wasn't my plan all along. Maybe that was my plan. Now the uh, Kabuki Warriors get a tag team title shot at us. Maybe I want that match so that when we beat them, we prove to the whole world that we are the best women's tag team. Actually, scratch that. We are just the plain best tag team in the world. Maybe I want that, huh? Key cross. <laughs> she's your friend, right? You think she's so cute? She's so funny because she has a cute little accent. Well, I think it's annoying. I think she's annoying. And if she thinks it's freaking cute... Go bang on the plexiglass like those all those freaking sheep out there. Then be my guest, but do not interrupt my matches. And at the horror show, I'm gonna be her freaking horror show. You know, I'm gonna be the scary one. I'm gonna be the one. I'm gonna make her regret even joining the W. If I can only spell that, you can tell her that, huh, Sarah? How freaking dare you? Do you understand what I just did? Do you understand that I just went toe to toe? With Asuka, the Empress of Yesterday. Do you understand? <laughs> you see how I'm getting closer? That means you walk away. Okay? That means you walk Thanks away. Thanks for your time. I'm not walking She's still oh going. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I could only write that down, she'd be... <laughs> Too good. Too good. Oh, God. All right. I think we're ready to wrap up here, right? <sighs> yep. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone, who has hung out with us for this entire night. Don't forget, we do streams throughout the week. We're going to need your support as we have now moved to Twitch officially. Not that we've ever left, but not to become our home base. So we're going to need you guys as far as on off days. Don't forget, Tuesday we do random streams. Wednesdays we have our scheduled party game zone where you can participate from the chat room uh, at, at 10 p.m. Eastern after AEW. And then, of course, we have Sundays, our adventure game night around 8, 9 p.m. Eastern. All of our chat room participants, live stasis dreams, Willie V2, EB Gamer, Cool Ice, George with a Z, Dino, Thick Her, Commander Root, Falker Faith, uh, Jaleesa Michelle Wood, AK Marceline the Vampire Queen, Sugar Shane, Sweet Holly, Amy Rose, Hard Knocks Life, Electrical Longboard, Feet, King Quest 770, Reigns the Great, Clyde Nice Guy, Weekly Planet 516, AK Ashley, Sayaman Sampai, thanks for the host, 500, Trixie Powerful, once again Marceline, All Voltage AU, Uncle Louie, thank you for the host, Universe, and of course, all of you listening live across iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, all various platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 393, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. From myself and my co-host, Mr. Destin Frazier, we are out of here. And let's hope we're not sick next week. Bye, guys. Shut it down.